Welcome to another episode of Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon and skeptic. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. This isn't your grandma's Ria, folks. No sales from the front ever and no smell of stale coffee, been gay and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about, right? RDI is also their, this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done and I pick their brain for your amusement and hopefully education. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a like, share it across the internet, all that. It really, really does help. It's a free podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, please leave a comment or send me a message. Go to RenegadeDetroit.com, RenegadeDetroit.com. If you're interested in the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or Facebook.com Detroit forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jeremy Burgess. And if you prefer, hello, YouTube. Actually, I need to adjust that camera. Can you adjust a little bit? Uh, hit me up on YouTube. Uh, go to YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. Legal disclaimer. It's the world we live in, folks. It's the country we live in. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly, highly recommend that before you make any investment and or investment decisions, that you contact a lawyer and other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't fucking sue me, you goons. All right. And I, I couldn't resist. Steve. Stone Temple Pilots Wicked Garden. Scott died over a week ago. And I thought it was appropriate when your high school, I think it was in actually eighth grade, when your eighth grade rock stars start dying. <laughs> Great man. Unfortunately, had a problem with drugs. And should make you feel, if it doesn't already, if you're listening to this and at least you're my age, that uh, you don't have all the time you think you have, folks. Um, now time for the show quote of the week. And I picked that too. By the time you listen to this, it'll be more relevant. Um, every week I try and pick a quote that sets the tone for the podcast and hopefully for your week. And by the time this airs, it'll make more sense because this will air on the day four years ago that Christopher Hitchens died. Quote of the week, the concept of loneliness and exile and self-sufficiency continually bucks me up. Christopher Hitchens, the concept of loneliness and exile and self-sufficiently continually bucks me up. Without further ado, let me introduce you to my guests today, Steve Londo and Mike Cowper. Steve is a full-time real estate investor with hundreds of deals under his belt, from short sales to bulk, bulk note buying and selling to his current endeavor, wholesaling domination. This dude eats, breathes, and shits real estate investing. He got a start in the business as a title examiner where he saw other investors doing deals and came across his desk. He started asking questions in short order. He was fired for doing work at his job. He was still getting his job done. And he's uh, the best closer I've seen in action to date. Follow Steve at Steve buys houses fast.com. If you're interested in any deals, go to three, one, three cash deals.com. And yes, his third episode is finally up flip this podcast.com. 
or he would love for you to call and leave him a voicemail at 734-272-7004. And then Mike Calpers, originally from the great state of Alaska, but moved to Michigan during his high school years and never left. He's a husband of five years and a relatively new father. Before real estate, Mike was award-winning salesman for nine, year, nine years with Sharp and Allergen. 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 <laughs> Damn it. I always fuck it up. Yeah, that. In the last year, he has turned his talents and energy towards real estate investing. He's bought three rentals and one condo. Mike is also four now. Thank you. Mike is also a partner at Return on Investments LLC with Mike Simmons. Wholesaling as well. Currently averaging four to six deals a month. You should go to follow Mike at MikeBuysHousesForCash.com. And that's Mike squared. They're both Mike. That'll make more sense when you go there. <laughs> we buy ROI.com. We buy ROI.com. He also has a blog on bigger pockets. Search Mike Cowper, C O W P E R. Hit up his phone, 248 871 7450, and hit him up on LinkedIn. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming out. Absolutely. Thanks for really, really appreciate you kind of bailing me out here. So we had a little snafu with the previous guest. And uh, we had to reschedule, and we got all that figured out. So this was like a, uh, what are you going to do? And Steve and Mike took time out of the day to do this, and I just want to let you guys know I really appreciate that. So Absolutely. To the rescue. <laughs> so what do you guys think about – that's something I was thinking about. So obviously when your rock stars start dying, right? And then uh, I was thinking about Christopher Hitchens how four years ago. By the time you listen to this, four years to the day, he'll be dead. And the concept of loneliness and exile and self-sufficiently continually bucks me up. And I kind of feel that way, too. I kind of like being a little – I think it's what I like about entrepreneurship, too. I kind of like being a little lonely. I kind of like doing things on my own. I kind of like bucking the trend. I kind of like the challenges and the hardships and and all that stuff that comes from doing it by yourself, essentially mm-hmm. starting your own thing. And I do find, I don't know, it does seem kind of like we're all a little bit, I wouldn't say loners, but um, driven. Uh, we do seek outside counsel, but we listen to ourselves, right? I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, I think anyone that's going to be in a position where they're trying to make it happen in real estate, they've got to be some sort of driven, self-reliant person. So I don't know if that necessarily means lonely, but you've got to be able to have the capacity to you know, not be afraid to make your own calls, do things that are different than the norm because that's how you break the norm and get to something a little bit better. You, know, you can't just follow the crowd, follow the herd, you know, be part of the sheep. You actually got to kind of lead it yourself. And I think by being an investor, you're able to show those types of qualities and you've got to be able to have the the guts to do that. I mean, that's kind of where a lot of people get stuck in the analysis paralysis forever. Yes. Forever not quite pulling the trigger. Can't um, ever quite get to it, can they? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really good at showing up to meetings. And, they get right know, to the ledge. They look over and then they back up. and Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's no problem with that per se, but you're never going to be able to test your wings if you don't try to jump and fly. No. Well, it's a problem if... If it's what you want and you let it defeat you, right? I don't know. What do you yeah. think, Steve? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> I I was always in team sports and things like that and always sort of thrived in a team atmosphere. But in in another way, I was also much better at the ones that were team but individual, like wrestling. 
you know, wrestling and jujitsu is sort of a team. Jujitsu is not really a team sport, but you kind of have your school, right? So I love that atmosphere and having like, like a team, like you guys, I consider part of a team too, a mastermind maybe. Um, but really it's, if you don't go out and perform, it doesn't matter who's on your team. You know, it's up to you. That's one of the things I really is both thrilling and scary about being an entrepreneur, right? It's being able to make those calls and and know that if I don't deliver here, I'm not going to be able to survive. Um, that drives me a lot. So, yeah. Well, and how many, I mean, I haven't had it happen recently, right? It's been a long time since this has happened. <laughs> but when you guys were first getting started, how many people told you it was a bad idea? You're <laughs> not going to make it. You, you, I don't know. It's kind of like crabs in a bucket, right? Mm-hmm. And not all these people are bad. I, I want us to be clear about this. From the get-go, right? People who are concerned about you and they love you. I'm not saying this is everybody. Some people are just pieces of shit and trying to pull you back down the barrel, right? But we, your mom and dad, probably not, right? So right. did you guys hear that often? That you're making this mistake? And, and it does kind of feel like when I did it, I was making a complete break with like everyone and just heading out into the wilderness is what it felt like to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like you had said. You're, the people that are telling you it's not a great idea are probably they're more concerned for you because everyone's taught when they're growing up, hey, you go get a job, you get security, you get that house, that mortgage, this, that, and the other thing. And it's not the way to become uber successful or have a life you know, that you get to dictate. It's kind of a life that you have to follow along and get stuck in you know, the golden handcuffs, as they say sometimes. So most of these people are taught that way, and that's just a traditional line of thinking. And I think when they're saying, hey, this might not work out, it's just a risk, it's because they only hear the bad side of the stories. They don't hear about the you know, other guys. I mean, there's probably people here in Metro Detroit that are millionaires doing real estate, and we've never even heard of them just because Absolutely. they do a little bit here at a time, and they just kind of did their thing. And you know, that's the thing is you only hear – it's like the, the news. It glorifies nothing but the bad. If it bleeds, it leads. So If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. so, I mean, you only hear about the bad stuff. Everyone thinks we're in the most dangerous world ever, but right now it's actually the least amount of murders in history. The safest we have ever been ever. But you never know that turn on CNN, and yeah. CNN or, CNN or yeah. Fox or something like that. So, I mean – that's part of the reason I read the four hour work week and I never watched the news again. <laughs> Calper, great. are you are you trying to say evidence should be entering into this? I thought we were just gonna live off the edge of fear <laughs> and whatever other basic animal emotion rose to the surface at that particular time. I don't need no stinking evidence. No, you that is a good point. What do you do? That's because that, that happened to me too, right? I think it happens to every human being. I remember the day I quit my job at Safeway. When I put in my two weeks, I remember, I remember my last day when I walked out of my last job forever in 2006, I want to say it was April or May. I remember that day and it, it did feel again, like I was heading off in the wilderness alone. It felt different. I was leaving all those people behind. I got all the questions, all that. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And you know, they were right. I had a fucking shitty plan. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to give credit where credit's due, folks. <laughs> they were worried. And uh, not that they knew, not that they knew, but they were right. Right. The broken watch is right twice a day. Right. So, I mean, I can, I could be honest about this, but I had a terrible plan, but I remember it. And I don't know if I was as scared as I should have been. I was kind of excited. Uh, lots of opportunity. I, I, I kind of didn't know what to do either. And I think that's why my plan was so bad. Mm-hmm. Right. I just, I just knew I wasn't going to do that anymore. 
and I was going to move forward. I don't know. What, what was it like? What was it like for you guys? Well, mine wasn't by choice. So that was part scary, you know? Yeah, you got fired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're fired. Get out Cue of the Vince McMahon fired or Donald Trump. How did they fire you? Um, Steve, you know what? Can we talk about your performance? Up. No, it wasn't like that. It was, I just got back from having surgery on my nose and I come in, it was my first day back and I didn't want to be there already. And I was just kind of, that was probably why there was like the perfect break because I'd already been gone for a week and, um, no, it was just, you know, we need to talk to you. We, you know, we don't, they already told me, talked to me about it and I just ignored it basically, you know, um, still doing work at work you know what i mean so like i said if in hindsight i would have fired me too and probably a lot faster <laughs> but you know what i was i needed that i didn't i wasn't gonna quit probably i don't think, think so? i would not unless it became extremely successful and i to do that i would have had to have gotten kind of lucky um quickly because at that point i was already doing some short sales i was already starting down that pathway but i didn't have any proof yet and we didn't actually break any decent deals for like six months, four or five months. So that was a struggle. I was living off of savings and whatever, um, just barely getting by. So, uh, it was very scary, but at the same time, I, I already knew that I could do it. I had successfully completed short sales, one here, one there and made great spreads, but doing it, making it a business that, that was another story. I'm still just figuring that out. Right. I mean, I'm just starting to get, in my stride to where it's a business and not how I make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like after 10 years, I'm finally starting to approach it like an adult. Right. How about you, Mike? <laughs> well, I Mr. Cowper, a, I went about it a little bit differently, I guess, than you two. Um, I had, I think there's a word for that. It's called smart. Right? <laughs> Planning <educated>. strategies. Planning. <laughs> yeah. So folks pay attention. This is the years here, two stupid ways to do it. And here's, here's a better way. <laughs> well, essentially like I, I got into investing and I had a few rentals, but the big reason I decided to quit my job was I partnered with Mike and I essentially worked for him for a while and was doing the acquisition side of the equation. Then I just kind of kept grabbing more and more responsibilities within that business and, you know, we had a conversation one day, you know, he, he'd mentioned something about growth and I just mentioned, you know, at some point, not now, but eventually, you know, I'm going to want to do this on my own. And then that kind of spurred the conversation of us becoming partners, which we ended up doing and it's been great. So during that timeline, we had kind of proven the concept that we could take these properties, get them off market and then resell them to other investors. Yeah. This seems like a really smart way to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was doing this all while working a full-time job, you know, doing my sales job, which the nice thing with sales is as long as you're hitting your numbers, you can basically do whatever the F you want. So, you know, you know, make sure you prioritize the things you're doing and, and don't try to fluff off too, too much. I mean, not to kind of mm-hmm. point back to Steve's point, but it sounds like that was what happened. You got to a point where you focused more on your job. I mean, your business than the job that you had. Sort of, but it was more that I was on, you know, at the office, still looking up comps and stuff on on, on their internet, and that was the thing that yeah you know, they, they really wanted their brand. On the I was the best producer. Uh, I was probably the best producer there for in terms, but it wasn't a sales job. It was a production. It was like a yeah, fucking assembly line of title work. It was hell. That seems kind of weird. Yeah, that does sound awful. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, sales is nice. If you like what you're selling, you like the people you're selling to. I got to a point where I hated these freaking doctors when I was going to their offices. They're just oh, I can imagine. a lot of them are kind. I mean, a lot of them are good, but a lot of them are assholes, and a lot of them are handcuffed by the insurance industry. And I don't want to go on a rant on that too far. Yeah. But you know, essentially, my job became less and less meaningful to me in that front. 
But I was making sure I put enough effort forward on that, that I was still hitting my goals. I mean, when I quit, I was the top 5% of the company. They just sent me to Hawaii. So I didn't let my numbers slip, but essentially I was finding and proving that I could do the same amount of income essentially with our business. So we do our wholesale, we keep everything in a bank account and then we both get a draw each month. So we know that's all right. My, that's a beautiful ringtone you have. That's Mike. the like sound it. of a busy wholesaler yeah. right there. Well, well, the thing what is, was they, that? They what must have called the, the default on Android. Default. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so pretty, Mike. They must have called twice because I have it set so it's only priority interruptions, but it's not a number I recognize, so I'll okay. call them back after. Maybe we should do a live sales call. Put that thing on speaker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even steal my deals. Sell no. you my house. <laughs> don't say the address. I'll block it out. No. But um, essentially... We were able to prove the model that I could make enough money, and then we had our baby, and I basically went on paternity leave. So essentially, it's an unpaid leave they have to offer to men, the same they do to women, but they just have to pay for it. So I did that, and we were able to do fine. And I just found that I enjoyed doing this much better. I you know, made seven different spreadsheets, calculating every different angle that the cost could <laughs> work out. You know, with this a is a smart income. way to do it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so essentially if my wife didn't go back to work and I just did the wholesaling in our rentals, we were fine. Um, you know, we would have been okay on everything and I was pretty conservative with our numbers. I've always kind of started off with the Dave Ramsey approach in terms of having a budget for everything each month, tracking your expenses, so I knew exactly what we typically spent it and then I kind of add a little buffer on there just to be safe. So we've been doing great with that. Um my wife went back part-time, so now we just call that the fun money. We spend on whatever the hell we want right now, and the income from our business just kind of runs the bills. So that's kind of how I jumped into it, you know, not so, I guess, blindly, but, you know, still a little bit of faith. You never you never know it's going to continue to go the way yeah. you want it to, but you got to trust the numbers just like in wholesaling. You got to trust that your marketing is going <laughs> to eventually hit. You just got to keep doing it with blind faith to a degree. But having the test market there, I mean, you know, being able to know – that you have a history of success that, you know, makes it a lot easier to make that jump. Yep. How did you talk to your wife about it through that? Yeah, a little closer to the, that's all right. We do it more like Joe Rogan style. I don't mind. Um, how did you talk your, did you have to talk your wife into it? Or did you guys w- walk through it? How, how'd that look like? What did that look like for somebody listening? So essentially we had talked about it and we were going to use the paternity time as almost a testing for it. So she could see without income coming from my regular job that we would be okay in terms of paying the bills, not sacrificing our lifestyle, you know, no longer being able to go out to eat or do anything at all fun. So we were doing that and I kind of went through the numbers with her and here's what we make from our rentals. Here's what we make from wholesaling. This is what we're going to get in terms of our draw every month. And that's, if you don't make a penny, Here's where we land. And we were okay on that. So she saw the numbers. I kind of put it to her in a way. And that's part of the reason why I put that through the Excel sheet is just to know my numbers work for me, but then I could show her here's what it is. And, and these numbers, they're inflated. These are more than we expend on this stuff traditionally. Right. So we were able to go through that. She was still nervous when I did ultimately tell them I'm not coming back. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a call that I think surprised them a bit because, you know, I had been doing well. They did it's the Rubicon, me. right? Once you cross it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, in this going thing, back. you have a, once you get a taste of entrepreneurial freedom, I work more than I ever had before, yeah. but it's a different kind of work. It doesn't feel yeah. like work. you're working for yourself. Exactly. Yep. So I know what I'm putting in is coming back to us directly. Yeah. It's not, here's some artificial cap that you can make because of this or that. And 
in arbitrary numbers that they set my quota at. I mean, I know if I sell X amount of wholesale deals, that's coming right into our bank account. And I know right. we have X amount of marketing. It's not a dictated number that I have to hit this number, which who the hell knows where that number came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just probably picked the numbers out of the hat. Was there ever, cause I remember one particular conversation. I remember very clearly it was in the, towards the end of 2009 I'd already lost everything once and I didn't know it, but I was on the verge of losing everything again and I was working really hard. And I remember specifically one conversation with my mother whom I don't get along with at all. And she said something to me that I'll never forget. And she said, at what point are you just going to go get a job? To which I said, never. Yeah. <laughs> right answer. To which I said, never. Because I realized, that, and, that, and that's really what I want to talk about. I want to get into some seller talks too, but I want to, in the beginning, that the state of affairs, state of the union of the world, 2015, or any time in the last 30 years, essentially. It seems to me clear that you can't count on anyone to take care of your medical your retirement, your family, mm-hmm. the things you're interested in. I'm not saying this to be mean. I'm not saying this to poke holes in things. I'm not saying it to be political. You just watch how many companies go under, how many retirements bought on for I a got nickel a good story for that too. A nickel yeah. on the dollar. Um, the affordable health care act, not so affordable, not yeah. working. <clears throat> lots of, lots of them. It's not working in the red. Us. It's going broke, can't afford it. Now, now other insurance is not even available. If you're going to want something nice, you're probably going to have to pay cash. All the good doctors will be on a cash market because there just won't be insurance for it anymore. And then just the general stupidity. Yep. And I don't know. I just look around and go, boy, why not now? Why not now? Maybe you're sitting on the edge. I don't, why? Why not now? Maybe you have a good reason for why not now. Maybe your reason fucking sucks. <laughs> Maybe you suck, right? I sucked. There's never a good reason not to take action, though. I don't think. I think there's. I mean, you can you can hedge your bets. You can you can you know have one foot in and one foot out. Tons of people do that, right? But if you never even try, you're not. You know. Well, the kind of person who would listen to this podcast or come to an RDI meeting or go to. They they have already started. They've already got their toes in the water, right? Yeah, they're thinking about it. I think maybe there's some common ground. So I thought I would share why I decided to do it, and it was I wanted control. That's essentially what I wanted. It's a little deeper than that. I wanted control. I didn't want to be limited. And this is something I was part of a union, and I'm not just saying this to trash unions. I'm not a fan of them in general, at least as of 2015, but it seems silly that I get paid for work I didn't do. <laughs> and then it seems silly that I produce more than everybody else. And I got paid the same as everybody, like both just seemed ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. And my retirement was going to suck. My medical sucked. Everything about it sucked. And if I was going to count on the government to do it, it was still going to suck. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm still to this day confused whether you doesn't matter left, right, whichever you vote. Who looks at the knock-up job they do and go, you know, I need to put them in charge of my retirement. <laughs> I just never understood this. Like, I, I don't know. I wanted control. 
I wanted to determine how much I get paid and I didn't want to get paid for anything I didn't do. I don't know. What were you guys thinking when you did it? Mike kind of a little bit. You just want to do it your own. What about you? Well, I, I kind of always, I started thinking about this the other day. <clears throat> I've kind of always had an entrepreneurial spirit to me. I didn't really recognize it, I don't think, until recently, more even recently, last couple of weeks even, how much I've had that for you know my whole life. And um, I don't know where it really comes from. Partially, it's the, the story that you know you were talking about retirements and um, pensions going away. My aunt and uncle both worked for an airline, and they were <clears throat> they were you know like baggage handlers or whatever. But they thirty years they put in. Man, that's so long. And they had a retirement so package long. and pension plan. They were retired, and they went under, and mm. the whole thing changed. Like they just basically got pennies on the dollar for what they yeah. were supposed to get. And that's the person back back again. Playing it safe. Well, yeah, but when yeah. you're talking about earlier, you know, get the job, get the degree, do this, that's do that. Why. Yeah. She was the one telling me that I need to do this and then do this and do that. And I kept kind of bucking that. Like, it didn't feel right. I know ultimately I'm like, she's smart. She's telling me to do the right things. And she's coming from a place of I care about you. But I didn't want anything to do with that. And then probably about a year after that is when the whole U.S. Air thing happened. And I was like, ha-ha. See, that's why it wasn't like a ha ha nanner nanner, but it was at the same time. Yeah. Like that right there is why I'm not listening to you. I can feel there's something different for me and I need to go get it. And then the other thing is, I mean, I don't have a, like a college education. I don't have skills necessarily. Like, you know, I'm not a handyman. I can't build shit. I can't design shit. I, I just kind of learned this and I was always Fucker can sell some shit though. I can sell some shit, I guess, which is funny because I hated sales growing up. I hated sales jobs, a vacuum sales or like cologne and perfume or fucking copiers. I did that. (laughs) Calper was a copier guy, (laughs) but at the same time, I was good at it, I guess. So I just embraced it in terms of when I realized and recognized it and I could actually benefit from it and i can change i mean i can change my family's life because of that skill so it's like all right and then i started learning about real estate and how really easy it is to get into this business and do what we do anybody can do this i mean and there's a huge range of people a nuclear freaking engineer yeah and a ged holder from the hood right i mean and we're both doing pretty well like i'm i'm happy with what we're accomplishing and all that kind of stuff and everywhere in between that um, that excites me. That's the, that's why I did got into this and why I do this and why I try to help other people get into this too. And, and stop being afraid and just take action and do, do it. Well, that's one of the main reasons why I started the podcast too. hang out with some sharks, you know, <laughs> iron sharpens iron, right? Yep. That's correct. Hey, I just don't think I wish I could have done it sooner. I wish I would have done it earlier. But you know, wishes are like, what do you go, assholes? Everybody has one. So yeah, like yeah. That, right? <laughs> my, I might, I might have screwed that up. But uh, yeah, I, to me, I, I don't know. When I, I look at it, maybe the people who are giving you criticism in your life are doing it. Most of them, I'm sure, are doing it from a good place, mm-hmm. right? And they probably have some good points here and there, right? But um, I don't know if you're sitting on the edge. Think about it, man. One quote that I had heard when I was young, and it always kind of stuck with me, is 
I'd rather regret the things I did do than the ones that I didn't. And I, and I, and I think one of the new newer books or something, I, it essentially said that something crazy, like 70 to 90% of people, their biggest regret is things that they didn't do on their deathbed. So yeah, I'd rather make the mistakes trying to do something that was my dream rather than, you know, just playing it safe the entire time. Now that doesn't mean go, you know, rush off the cliff without looking what's down there, you know, trying to have a parachute or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, there is, I mean, real estate, if you, if you talk with the right people around you, which everywhere there should be some real meetings or there should be people to connect with or you know, reach out to any one of us that's talking to you right now, you can get some guidelines and benefit from that. And most people will help you out because everyone here got that help. And really, what's the worst that can really happen? Say you buy a piece of real estate and it goes down. I mean, it's not going to completely kill you, especially if you buy it in a way that you're going to be able to cash flow or even come close to cash flow. I wouldn't recommend buying something you couldn't make sure you're going to make at least your monthly nut on it. But I mean, if you have a property that the value is you know underwater, but you're still generating income every month, I could care less. I'll buy 10 of those if they're going to make money coming in every month, you know, and they keep paying down a long-term note. Yeah. Like cost averaging, right? They do it with stocks. You might have to do it with real estate. It's unlikely that real estate is going to stay the same price for your entire life, right? Exactly. Right. So, I mean, depending on what your strategy is, there's, there's experts that can help you do that. And if you have a decent strategy, I mean, if you take a hit on a flip, you know, what's the worth five, 10 grand. If, if you have some decent strategy in place, you know, with the, like I said, don't just go jump off a cliff without looking, mm-hmm. but your worst case scenario is not really that bad unless you buy into the hundred thousands as your first deal. I mean, if you buy a $50,000 house, that's the most you can lose. And it's very unlikely it's going to go to zero. Right. Excellent well, I think, point. I think the best thing is, I mean, just go to all the RIA meetings, listen to podcasts like yes. this one, like Flip This, like many other good ones. I love going to the RIA meetings. And just just like surround yourself with sharks, right? If you're listening to this and Mike or Jeremy or I are where you want to be, call us. That's yeah. why we gave you our phone numbers and our emails yeah. in the beginning. Don't leave me a voicemail though because I won't listen to it. Actually, yeah. you can't. Yeah. But you can. I was, I was giving Steve a hard time there. So. But, but really, I mean... It, and there's really no reason to jump in and take a big $50,000 risk for your first deal either. Wholesale. Find a deal yeah. and find someone that has done rehabs and partner with them. You don't need to hit a home run your first time at bat, right? Get up, lay down a bun, run it out, and get to first base. And then you're like, oh, shit, I'm on base. I mean, We're some Ty can... Cobb motherfuckers, right? How many base hits and doubles do we hit? And that's get you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, not that many home two a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like it to be more. We got whale hunting on 2016's yep. list, so I'm not saying be satisfied, folks. But, I mean, if you're just looking to get in, I mean, Steve's got a list that he markets out. I'm sure he'd pay a finder fee. We do the same mm-hmm. thing. So if you find a buyer for one of our leads, that's an easy way to start networking and possibly get some money on it. Yep. Don't misappropriate that you say you have this deal under contract. Right. You know, you can use the little bird dog in reverse side of it and you hey find out who the investors are maybe in your area say hey i found this deal from these other guys but you know are you interested and then put them in touch with one of us or anybody else that does it because ultimately we just want to sell deals and if you can help us do that we're more than happy to compensate you absolutely Absolutely. for sure absolutely well let before we move on to the next side like i just i don't know i was feeling this strongly today and so i'm just gonna get out may get a little intense here but i'm gonna do the best i can so if not now, then when? 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 When are you going to fucking do something? I say this to myself all the time when I'm lagging out. If not now, then when? How much time do you really think you have? How old are you? Do you like your job? Are you secure? Are you going to have a good retirement? Are your medical needs going to be taken care of as you get older? 
Are you going to be able to help friends and family members who may get in a tough position? Or how about just waking up every morning, not fucking hating your life or your job? If not now, then when? I just thought I would throw that out there. I was feeling it. I wasn't joking when I said I feel after 10 years, I'm finally starting to treat this like a professional and an adult. I could have done it much sooner, but I don't know. It was on top of my head. So maybe it's for me, maybe not. But I don't mind the loneliness. I don't mind doing my own thing. I don't mind. I like it. I like it a lot. And I'm glad, even though I had to go through all this shit to get it, I'm glad I'm there and I'm glad I didn't quit. Because if I quit, where would I be? Reminds me of... um, Oh, uh, was it uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? He's talking about, yeah, I used to be a salesman. It's a tough <laughs> racket. Throws back a, a swig. Sitting there with all the other losers. I didn't want to be that guy, right? Never. Better to have lost it and made it back than to have lost it and end up at a bar drinking or back at a job, right? <laughs> so yep. anyway, I don't want to get uh, too much on that. But briefly, before we get into it, we want to talk about talking to sellers because I'm just going to be totally selfish and... I have a lesson plan I got to write next week for talking to sellers <laughs> and two of the best people I know for talking to sellers are in the room. So I do want to get to that and make my job a lot easier, but I want to get a quick update too, because we had Mike on for, I think it was episode 11 and we had Steve on too. Let's get a quick update from you both. What are you doing differently? Any successes, failures? I know that's one of the things I like about listening to podcasts is kind of just checking in and seeing where people are at. And I know people have mentioned both your podcasts to me, so Mike, anything? I know it hasn't been that, like, six weeks, seven weeks. but Lots happened, actually. We've hired an administrative assistant that is handling all of our closing coordination with the seller and the title company. Um, She's doing a lot of our marketing for us in terms of getting it out there, you know, setting up the list, putting on postlets, getting it out there. So a lot of people, takes a lot of that admin and I don't want to say busy work, but tedious work that isn't really the best use of my time off of my plate and off of Mike's plate. And we're actually interviewing some people tomorrow to handle a lot of the lead intake. So when people call in, they we want someone to be able to try and answer either all the time or call them back very quickly. Sometimes that's difficult when it's just me because if I'm doing something like this or if Baby. I'm on a seller appointment or they call yeah. at nine at night. So we want to have someone that we're actually going to be hiring on. It's a, I think it's going to be like a VA actually through a, like a real estate VA. I forgot the exact company name, but... Um, We're going to be interviewing them tomorrow to bring them on to do a lot of that work just because, once again, it's not the highest and best use of your time. If you get them on the phone, you can get a lot of the stats and information and try and schedule an appointment. That's one of your first filters. Mm -hmm. Are they going to schedule an appointment with you? If they don't let you in their house, it's unlikely you're going to buy it. Highly unlikely, although we did do that once. Mm -hmm. I think we... Yeah, we've done that as well, but you're right. It's it's not it's, highly unlikely. It's the exception, not the rule. So yeah. if we can have someone just gather a lot of the information, because public record is shit sometimes. You don't. <laughs> you, you sometimes there's nothing up, there at all. Yeah, you have no idea what it is. So if you get that information from them up front, they do a lot of that filtering out for you. And then we're going to have them do a lot of the follow-up calls. Because if for some reason you can't get in touch with them right away, you know you can leave seven voicemails before you finally get in touch. Yeah, I do that a and, lot. <laughs> you know that's a lot of time spent just leaving voicemails. It's a pretty generic voicemail. Hey, it's Mike. I'm trying to get back in touch with you. Give me a call, please. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, obviously it's a little <clears throat> bit more detailed than I usually try to say. Hey, you know, this is Mike. We sent you a postcard. We're interested in buying your property, even though I have no idea what property we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they don't leave the number or the address, because we call back every single phone number that comes in, whether yeah. it's missed or you know they leave a message or not, because most of ours goes to voicemail right now. But um. That's kind of where we're changing. We're really building systems right now to try and 
move Mike and myself out of in the business to on the business. And that's kind of what the original setup was. I was doing all the day-to-day stuff and Mike kind of handled more of the big picture. But now that we're starting to bring these other people on, we can both work on that. And the way we feel, it's an exponential increase because, Absolutely. you know, the, the sum of the parts is, wait, the grand total is better than the sum of the parts. I don't know. I feel like I'm messing <laughs> that up. There's something like that. Hey, that's some Obama math. All right? Yeah, exactly. But you know, <laughs> it'll so work. It, it goes back to the old uh, think and grow rich. You know, the mastermind is the, the, the group think is exponentially more powerful than the one head you know, the two heads individually. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with that completely for sure. Yeah. So, so now we're trying to figure out the best ways to multiply time. And that's how you see the most successful people doing it is, you know, they don't, they're not working on the day to day stuff. They're trying to find ways to take more stuff off of them and get themselves out of it because they're frankly, there's better people to do it. I mean, there's somewhere out there, there's a better salesperson than me and Steve that could be doing the the calls. And that's just all they want to do. They don't maybe have the same big picture aspirations that we may have. And they just like to make sales calls to these people and get houses under contract. There's people that love doing data crunching. I don't yeah. get it. I don't know why, but there's people that love I'm it. I'm glad they're around. Exactly. Yeah. So so we're trying to find ways to do that. And we're trying to, you know, really radically increase the amount of that being done so we can try and exponentially grow this next year. Steve? Yeah, that's a, a lot of what I spent my 2015 doing was all the stuff that you're talking about now is getting all those systems set up, automated more than they were taking myself out of the business. I'm pretty much focused on, I do a few seller leads a month, but it's mostly on the sell side now where I'm, I'm the guy, you know, hustling the houses for sale, trying to get everything we have sold. So that's, that's one change. One change though, since your podcast with Jeremy on the seller's side that I've implemented is the way you try to get a price out of them quickly. Yeah. I use the same thing now. I still use my long winded wordy one that, I use that works really good. Yeah. But I use that as a quick and dirty. It's it's still relaxing. In fact, I talked about that in my podcast yesterday too, and um, shout it out to you. I said well, Mike squared, <laughs> uh, Mike squared. But you know, just you know, what are you hoping to get? That kind of short and sweet. It seems to and the open first them two up. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, it seems to open them up and, Dude, and get works. them to say something. <laughs> yeah, I'm still like, psh, and either blow them out of the water. Bump. It's like either way, off, and it's it's not as long and confusing as my. If I could pay you all cash and close whenever you want, what's the, they've already stopped listening, right? I haven't even got to the question part. So I still use it later on in the process if needed, but that little tweak I've used to success already in the last few, uh, three weeks. It's a simple question. People want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Okay. I hear you. Well, here's why I can't pay that, but you you, you wait to bring that in though. Your first call, you can't make the entire sale in one call. You know, you can, you can definitely agitate and make people mad, or you can try to increase their desire to sell. But you're not going to typically get an entire deal done over one phone call when they just got a postcard or go into your website or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but no. the goal of that first phone call is, is this a deal or not? Exactly. You Do I want to spend any time on this or not? And if it's yes, then, then you, then you're all in, right? I mean, I have autoresponders and follow-ups and automated things that are set up now that if I can capture their email address it'll automatically send them a follow-up email after 30 days if I haven't heard back from them every 30 days until they call back in um, or say, take me off the list. (laughs) But then if I get their cell phone numbers, I can also send them mass text messages automated. I can send my VA a task automated after 72 hours. If they've still not been reached, send them a text message. And uh, I'm trying to implement that the first week of January. Um, 
but I think that would work too. I've I've done it on an individual basis where I remember I having a, a phone call from somebody. Yeah, having a phone conversation with someone, but we never took it any further. I just shot them a quick text because they weren't returning any calls. I didn't have an email. Hey, I'm still look, interested in selling. If you're still interested in, or I'm still interested in buying. If you're still interested in selling, give me a call. Mm-hmm. Like two minutes That's later, my phone rang. Yeah. yeah. So I figured I can automate that. I can, I can use, uh, what is it? Easy texting, I think it's called. Yeah, easy texting. Um, and we can text blast everyone on our on our list that has a cell phone. I think we use Slide Dial. It works. Slide Dial we can use for voicemail. I, they have a I text version. It, do they? I didn't know I that. I think so. There's something, there's something like it, I there's guess. There's another one, too. There's a bunch. Yeah, Mike handles that side of the equation. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that those are two things that I've worked on since my last podcast and since your podcast with him. Um, that one little tweak, though, has definitely helped. It's It's gotten me to where I'm, where I'm trying to get faster. And that is, is this a deal or not, right? And You know, the thing that most people don't realize in – you're flying an airplane somewhere. A slight degree here and there is going to get you 100 miles away. But Absolutely, you, know, yeah. you don't always have to make big sweeping changes. Yep. You know, with little stuff, little tweaks here and there. Just find that one thing you can fix this week and focus on that one thing. And then once yep. that's fixed and hammered out, find that next one thing. You don't have to try and change your entire everything at once. I think that's where most people get scared with that analysis, paralysis, everything. They think the, the huge full task is too big. But, hey, make that first offer. Mm-hmm. Go look at that first house. Yep. Get that first offer accepted. Go through escrow. Close on that bitch and then go make some cash money, money, baby. Exactly. Rinse and repeat, right? You know, I mean, that's what I, I mean, we've talked, all of us have read the one thing. It's a great book. I mean, everyone should read it and basically break it down. Multiple times. I keep listening to it too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple book, but I mean, the concept in there is just so huge. Just you find that one major thing and keep breaking it down to what can I do this second? And that's the easiest way to take a task. You know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. (laughs) I love elephant. That's my two-year plan. My two-year plan is become the best phone salesman I could possibly be. I figure this could only serve me good no matter what I do in life because eventually I want to be a farming motherfucker. I'm talking like 20,000 acres farm. You will all eat my food, all right? And you'll love it. It'll be healthy and delicious. And um, so I'm worried. I'm concerned, right, thinking of the future. In case shit goes bad, what can I do? Because where I want to farm is going to be way far away from civilization, the kind of farming I want to do. You're going to have to do phone sales to Monsanto. I might have to. I might have to. Now you're going to get all that Monsanto hate. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Don't listen to Jeremy. He likes genetically modified organisms. Uh, So I was thinking about that. I was like, well, no matter what, if I did this for the next two years, how would that hurt me? I would only be better. I would only be a better person. So that's that's my focus. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do this year, too. I got halfway through this year and realized I wasn't thinking far enough down the road, which, considering the hellhole I just managed to pull myself out of with a lot of help from friends, um, it's not too surprising that I wasn't thinking far enough, right? I don't know what it is about being an ape on this planet swinging around the sun, but sometimes it's hard to think about next week let alone two years from now right five years or ten years ten years or 20 yeah but one thing i keep <laughs> noticing especially doing the podcast is people think a long time into the future like jesse and josh those guys were thinking way they were thinking 10 years That's why they are where they are i was not thinking 10 years when i started yeah. and that was a real problem i still haven't been this is a shift i've made this year too yeah it's hard discussion with you is going well, when I see on your you know vision board, goal board or whatever, ten thousand acre farm, I'm like, man, it's gonna take a long time to 
get that. And then I'm like, long time. Kind of the point. Yes. That's kind of the point, right? That is exactly the point. I'm trying to pick something so big it couldn't be accomplished in multiple lifetimes. Why pick something? I, I can't think of anything worse than at this point in time for me, at this point in time, than thinking too short. I feel like that's been a real liability for me. It's, I think it's cost me probably at least $50,000 thinking mm-hmm. too short, not looking far enough down the road and whether it's on calls or relationships or, or anything. I, so right now I'm always trying to think as long term as I can. And that's something that's changed with me over the last couple of months and really the last couple of weeks, it's been really intense. So without further ado, one of the things I got a ton of, which is why I'm doing the podcast slash, I don't know what you call it. Training. Sub RDI meeting mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? For an army of wholesalers. Talking the sellers. This is like most people's worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh, God, they called. It's ringing. That's what you yeah. want. It's ringing. What do <laughs> That's I why do? you do the marketing. I know. But do you, I, do you guys remember the first time your phone I do. rang? I do. I don't, I don't think I had the apprehension that some people have, but I have a taste of it, right? Your phone starts ringing. You go, okay, I know what a deal is. I know how to find them. I know I'll come to you to sell them or I'll put them on Craigslist or list them on the MLS or buy them and sell them. But how do I talk to the seller? What do I say? And it just so happens I got two stone cold wholesalers, um, which by the way, like 80% of everything I learned from these two guys here. So how do you talk to sellers? What? I know we have scripts, right? You have a script. You just say the same thing every time? Probably, yeah, probably. I guess I, I don't think of it that way. Just being in, um, from her, but being away in sales for so long, I guess it just kind of started to become more natural. I don't think about it too much. I actually had to put together a script uh, for the VA that we're going to be interviewing mm-hmm. so we can kind of see how they sound on the phone. Um, but I mean, essentially, I kind of try, I mean, once again, this comes from years of being able to do it is you kind of go with the flow. You let them dictate to a degree. You kind of guide them down the river, but you don't try and jam them down a certain path only because people are resistant to that. So you kind of got to let them go off on their tangents a little bit and then try and bring it back to exactly what we need to find out. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing I do is when they call in and I talk with them, I was like, Hey, uh, you gave us a call. Are you trying to sell property? And just shut up. <laughs> That's it. Yep. All right. What about you, Steve? First, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes those tangents are where you get some very valuable information, though. So I never try to stop those unless it's already determined it's not a deal. Then it's hang up as soon as possible. But I, I kind of do the same thing. I, I, I just want information about the house and their situation. So you kind of have to feel them out depending on who they are and their personality for how you're going to get that information out of them. Sometimes that's all you got to say, and you're on the phone for 15 minutes of them just talking about this property and their, all their problems and their life. But all the, again, all that information is extremely valuable that you can use later on to put a deal together that makes sense for them. Um, I, I really start with the house. I want to know, is this a house I'm even interested in? How many bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, obviously the address, all the usual nonsense crap that you have to know. Um, and, I kind of start there and then get them to say either a price or a motivation. Like, well, are you interested in selling or why are you interested in selling or what's the situation? Um, can you tell me about your situation? I say that one a lot. Or can you tell me what's going on? 
or just hey, what's going on? Got an address about or got a, got some information about your house. All I have is really the address, number of bathrooms and bedrooms and that kind of thing. Uh, what can you tell me? And then they decide if it's about the house or about them or, the, or their situation, usually. And then I just go with whatever they start talking about. And then I ask questions. So my three things are always, I'm always calling my name, always agree, ask questions. So yeah, I, hit I need those, to work on the always agree. I hit those three ones. Well, I do too. It's really hard sometimes. I, I wish I could rephrase that to don't disagree, if that makes sense. Because yeah. then it's, you don't always agree. You just don't disagree. Yes. All right, Mike, I understand what you're saying. Well, what if I did this? You always want to ask a question to take control back of the conversation. You're talking earlier about uh, pushing them down a certain path and how they may or may not like that. Well, your questions determine the path that they go down, right? Mm -hmm. And the one that's asking the questions is the one that's in control of the conversation and in control of the flow of information. So you want to be the one asking the questions, not responding to their question. Well, who are you and what do you do and blah, 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 all that stuff. I try to get that out of the way and get to how I can help them, which is to buy their house cash as is. Yada, yada. So, and by the way, I just listened to your episode three on your podcast. <coughs> Everybody listening, go to flip this podcast.com, flip this podcast.com and um, listen to it. It's good. It's only like 28 minutes. It's not like my, it's not a fucking marathon. Right? <laughs> you can do it on your lunch break. Okay. Right. You don't have to divide it up into three months. Like I'm told constantly, <laughs> um, Mike, similar structure to the conversation. Yeah. I mean, Goals. What, uh, how fast all that. The reason I, I try to ask that first question is, are you selling a house? Cause if they say, no, I'm just curious. All right. Well, I'll, Hold on to my card when you are ready. Give me a call. I'd be happy to talk with you a little bit further. So that I can love weed, that. It can weed a lot of the BS. Hey, I'm curious. Why would I get this thing? You know, I, I you, it kind of weeds a lot of that out. And if they're really confrontational at that point, then I know how I have to kind of go the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. hard. <laughs> Do you guys still get the the? I'm just curious off yeah, your postcards. How did you get my information on our postcards? It literally says we pulled your information from public records. Wow. It literally says it on there. I love that idea. Do so you it says see it there? as much? I don't see it as much since we switched to postcards versus not the, the yellow postcards. Letters. We only send postcards. Yeah. We still get it. I have not it's got crazy. it from a postcard. I think part of the reason is is because we send them um, a lot, and they keep getting them, and our say, I think, urgent on them, and we tell, okay. them, and we tell them and how many notices they've been. So I think that's part of what drives some of like the calls. Too. Well, the notice postcard. Like, he's Yeah, I fucking hate that. See, postcard. he's the one that usually answers all the phone calls, yeah. so... Yeah. Like you, m me and other Mike are in a better situation <laughs> yeah. in terms of You're we're just like, lines. <laughs> yeah, that phone's ringing. How can we get the phone to ring? Yeah, that's my goal. And his is to deal with the sellers and get them with the yellow letters. It was half. Yeah, it was bad. That's why I don't half. do them anymore. The half. reason we kind of like, I like get as much dirt into the machine as you can. I mean, because here's yeah. the thing. If they called at some point in time, they're going to have to sell. And now we've got their info. Well, that's the thing. Now like they're in that. the funnel. Dirt in the they're machine. In. I started looking at that a lot differently, too. Now they're in the machine. Now you got them on your auto. You get them into the funnel. Spider, call them once a quarter, once a month, whatever exactly. it is. Eventually, they're going to have to sell. Call, yep. text. Eventually. They're gonna aerial sell. monkey. What else can yep. they do? So uh, we'll we'll continue to mail them postcards unless someone asks to yeah, be removed. That's the only time we take them off. And, or yep. for some reason, if they owe like $100,000 more than it's worth, then we might just pull it off of there just because. Yeah, I generally don't even get those. The list I'm pulling right now. We, but. we don't get a ton of them, but you know, sometimes it still seems to filter out. Even if you go to your list source and you try and you know, base on equity yeah. and stuff like that, you know, they, they slip through the cracks sometimes. They you do. send out enough of them, you're going to bump into that. They do. We just mark those as dead leads and they never 
never get dealt with again. The yeah. same as the take me off the lists. Basically. Exactly. I only want to follow up with people who I could actually buy their house. So that's the right. Way whether they go. want to sell it yet or not, if I can physically buy it and and, and make an offer that they can accept. And that's what they I just do. don't know. They want to sell. They it just yet, don't right? know yet. And it might not be the right time yet. That's why, you know, <laughs> they say most of the wholesalers like the nationally really successful ones is their biggest revenue generator is their list that they've already got generated. Cause they just keep hitting it over and over and over again. It takes seven to 10 touches before you get a sale over. Mo- I'm thinking of three individuals right now that are national, hugely successful. All three of them say at least 50% of their deals are made on the follow-up. So they contact us, and what'd you tell I, me? I've already seen it. The fortune's, fortune's in the follow-up. Follow mm-hmm. Yep, and it's fortune true. is in the follow-up. Fuckers, you hear that? Well, that's where people get Triple lazy. F. They want the easy, low-hanging fruit, and those are great. I mean, we'll all eat that up. But you know, when you had to climb up a few more tree branches, get to the top of the tree to get all the fruit, you know, that's what makes it a business, not a hobby. Exactly. And to get from three or four deals a month to seven to ten deals a month, you need a consistent process and a system. And that's where I'm starting to get is where that low hanging fruit. We get that every time we mail postcards, we get appointments, we get a contract for those, that one card that they got Mm -hmm. for every one of those. There's at least one more that they've received multiple postcards. They may have even called in multiple times and they've been hit multiple times, whether it's a postcard. I've had sellers tell me they've been getting my postcards for years. The one's like, I think I've been getting your postcard for five years. And I think I started mailing it in 2011. Wow. But I only mailed it once. And then a year or two later, I'd mail another postcard. But they recognized my name in the postcard because it's always been that same card. And while I haven't consistently been marketing to that, it was Royal Oak actually, to that market consistently every month for five years, I have been mailing to it for five years. He's probably had, he probably had every postcard I mailed him too. He brought out a stack of them. It's like, funny. I got all these other ones too. Yeah. And I don't know why they called me. That's the crazy thing. Like a place like Royal Oak, I imagine an absentee owner in Royal Oak probably gets a oh piece of mail Dozens. a day. I mean, <laughs> they probably month. have 15 or 20 of them every month, right? And I still get calls and I still get the deals. And, and I, I know I'm not offering the most. And I know I'm not, you know, it's just the way it is. My, my business model, I can't offer you the most. So... We're still getting them and still closing them. So it's working. Um, and that consistency, I think, is part of it. I think it's they see the re- the name recognition, maybe. They see the same postcard every month or whenever it comes, and they remember it. And you know what? Honestly, a lot of it probably is, and I don't think this is a problem for you guys, but when someone calls us, we actually call them back. Oh, yeah. that's a huge like, thing. We actually return the phone call. You know, And you keep returning. How many wholesalers and, and investors do I know that send keep mail out calling. and they don't even bother to call? I don't understand or they try that. once and that's it. Now, yeah. granted, in, in busy times, there's been you know shifts and things where we've missed, we dropped the ball, or we, we haven't called everyone back as many times as we would have liked to. We haven't reached everyone. I think that's everybody, right? I, I think I that always happens feel to like everybody. I could do better and follow up. I could do better. I just always feel like. But there's there's like newer people, especially they seem to like if they don't instantly reach them, one and done, they just give up. Yeah, oh. I, mean, I think that's been the traditional side of wholesaling forever, though. You always hear the big successful yeah. guys, and you know people have been doing it forever. So yeah, I mean people make that one mailing, they don't get a call back, so they quit. Yeah, you know there's there's been times where we punch out a lot of mailers and you got nothing. But then the following month, maybe we got double just because it wasn't that right time yet. But like Steve said, they stay they in there. To him. Yeah, we just bought one that the guy had for a year. He goes, yeah, yeah just put this away and you know, it was time to sell. I called you. Yep. Sweet. Happens all the time. Sell, I called you. Yeah. I love hearing that. Well, yep. you got 14 minutes, Mike. So I wanted to see. I was going to do this with Mike and Steve, but 
since you have to leave in 14 minutes, <laughs> which I'm still thankful, by the way, for coming out. Oh, no problem. I'll be seller, obstinate seller. Not too obstinate. I don't want to oh. fuck you up too bad, right? But I'll, I'll throw out I'll some hang of up the, on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call me back when you want to sell, dipshit. But uh, <laughs> let me see. What, what property address do we want to use? Do we want to use something? Oh, sure. Why not? Let's use one that we back. Do you want to use one we closed? Yeah. There let's we do go. that. I can't pull it up on the of course. iPad. Oh, the iPad won't work? Oh, wait. No, I can. You just have to do it from Chrome. Here. Okay. I'll That's not a problem. One. So what we're going to do is we're going to do where I, Jeremy, am going to play the seller, and then Mike is going to wow me <laughs> with, um, which, by the way, this this I, shit works, by the way. Well, I think people try and make it too complicated. You know, I do very little talking on appointments or phone calls. <laughs> you know, you as let little as talk. possible. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is he who talks less wins. Usually, you know, if you can direct the conversation to understand what they're trying to get and hopefully I do it well in this impromptu thing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you just ask simple questions, ask direct questions, don't beat around the bush too much. That's the thing is everyone wants to. Like it's some hidden fact that you're trying to get a house and a discount. Tell them you're an investor. Yes. Well, why, why, why go all the way through the entire process and at the end surprise them? They know you're an investor. If they don't, they're a dummy and you didn't do your job up front to let them know that you're an investor because we're going to be offering them price point that's not to the market value because typically there's a reason they're selling to us. It's not, and Mike and I had talked about this on his podcast is, you know, it's not the first, we're not the first thing that pops in their head. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm going to sell to an investor. That was an excellent podcast too. I'll put that in the show notes. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was uh <laughs> that, that was a good one. But that I mean, a good one. no one thinks, Hey, I'm going to sell my house to an investor. They first thing they always think is, can I listen with an agent or they look at it and they go, Oh shoot. I know I can't listen with an agent. There's way too much wrong with this. So, they're not calling you by accident. <laughs> Can yeah, I sell no. it myself and they save know. the commission? And folks, for listening, yeah. that's juststartrealestate.com. So that's Mike Simmons. I call him Mike Squared because we got Mike Simmons. He has the podcast. And then Mike Cowper and Mike Simmons at webuyroi.com. Juststartrealestate.com. That's the podcast I was talking about. What do we got, Steve? Trying to get this. Still going to it? Yeah, it's not a problem. So... The basic structure, so just where I'm at, I'm averaging about eight minutes a call. Now, that's average across all calls, Mm -hmm. right? My goal is to get to the line that uh, I lifted from you, thankfully. Uh, Within two minutes of the phone call, how much were you hoping to get? How much were you hoping to get? Shaftesbury, maybe? Let's do Shaftesbury. Here you don't do go. Detroit though, so no. But I mean, the question's the same. Question's, question's the same. same. Here you go, man. Well, hey, I'm I'm that's cheating. I'm asking yeah. you. Oh, you're oh, you're asking me. Oh, okay, that's right. That's I right. don't that's know this right. stuff. All right, I'm calling. Ring, ring, motherfucker. I got a house to sell. <laughs> Yo, what's up? <laughs> you said uh, Detroit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi. No, um, Mike. I got your your postcard in the mail, and it says you buy houses, and um, I'm thinking about selling my house. Oh, excellent. Um, we send out a lot of these mailers. Uh, we're local investors. We buy houses cash. C- could you tell me which house yours is specifically? Yeah. Uh, so my name's Jeremy and it's, uh, the, in Detroit, one nine seven zero one Shaftesbury in Detroit. It's uh, a, it's a brick. Uh, let's see. It's on the corner lot. It's across from a park, real beautiful park, real nice park. You should see the park. It's beautiful. Um, Three bedroom basement, not much wrong with it. Um, 
Yeah. So how does this process work? I've never done anything like this before. Well, Jeremy, uh, you know, like I said, we're investors. So we are looking to find properties that we can make a profit on. And essentially, I mean, mean, why are you thinking about selling? And what are you hoping to get for it? I mean, before we get too far down the rabbit hole. Well, I was looking on Zillow and I saw that homes were selling for like, you know, $25,000, So um, I just really don't want to be a landlord anymore. I'm tired of being a landlord. Uh, I'm tired of driving by this property. I have to drive by this property every night to, you know, I don't want the hoodlums getting into it. So I just, you know, I, I just want to sell. Okay. So why are you driving by every night? Well, you know, now that it's vacant, I don't want anybody breaking into it. So I, I go and I remove the handbills from the door and I flip some lights on and I just make it look like it's occupied. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, that's probably smart. What, how long has it been vacant? Oh, about a year. Oh, how much did that cost you? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot, a lot. Okay. Do you have a mortgage on it? Do you own it free and clear? No, it's, but, the situation? but I'm down, I'm down on two years of taxes. I gotta, I gotta pay my taxes too. I think I own like eight grand in taxes or something. Okay. So it's vacant for about a year. How much were you getting for the property? How much do you think it's worth in terms of rent? Uh, oh, I, I was getting good rent, like seven fifty, eight hundred. Um, just the last tenants I had, I, I had to evict them. They stopped paying and I had to go the court. It took too long and I'm working this busy job and I'm having to work more hours of the job. I just don't have time to take care of the house anymore. Okay. What did your agent tell you? Well, we listed it. It was over a year ago, but I don't feel like the agent, um, did the work after they listed. It, I, you know, I called them and they called me a few times. But I don't. You know, I just want to be done with it. Okay. I mean, this sounds like a property that we would like to invest in, but like I'd mentioned in the very beginning, we're investors, so we've got to be able to find a way to make money on this property. What I'd like to do is schedule a time with you to come out there and take a look at it with you. I'm going to run some comparable sales, but I'm also going to take into account that it's a neighborhood that it sounds like it's hard to either fill because you, you haven't been able to rent it for at least a year. Were you trying to get it filled? Or? No, no, I, I wasn't trying to rent it. I, I, I had it listed and it didn't sell. And now we're heading into winter. I, I really don't want, I just really, and I have to have my taxes paid by March or I'm going to lose it. Oh, okay. So there's an element of time. That was going to be my next question. When, what was your timeline on this and, and how are you hoping to close? Uh, as how soon as possible. Okay. So it sounds like there's a few things going on here. You've had a vacant house. I mean, I'm sure the insurance for that isn't cheap if, if they even insure it. I don't know. I know Detroit's kind of spotty in certain areas for vacant houses. No, it's a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. hundred bucks a month. So it's costing you a hundred bucks a month. You're not making any money on it. You owe taxes on it. I mean, just on the service level, we probably have to get it. You know, some, I'm just guessing here, but I'm going to do some more research. Would you be able to do somewhere in the you know eight to ten thousand range? Oh man, I, I, how does this work? I don't, man, I don't know if I could do that. No, I understand. It's a, it's a shock, and I just wanted to kind of put it in perspective for what we do. We're going to go out there. We're going to take on this risk. It's not your problem anymore. If someone goes in there, breaks into the house, steals the furnace, the pipes, whatever, that's not your problem anymore. We're going to relieve you of that problem. We're going to pay you cash. And essentially what we're going to do is go out there, look at it. I just got to confirm the numbers. And like I said, this is kind of a pull out of the hat. I just wanted to see where you're at. If, if market rates are this on Zillow, not always the most accurate site, but I can see why you look at it because it's an easy, popular thing to use. But we're going to come out here. We're going to look at it. We're going to walk it together. I'm going to see what my estimated rehab is. I'm going to have to look into what I think I can get for rents. And then I'm going to have to talk with some of our funding partners because we've also got to get their approval. We do a lot of these deals and 
in an effort to keep those deal flow going, we don't always use all of our own money and we don't always close on all of our deals, but that doesn't mean much for you. Basically, what it's going to mean is that you're going to get your money and this headache's going to be gone. Well, Zillow said it's worth 30000 though. I mean, I'm willing to take a discount, but at eight or 10000 that's like two-thirds. Okay. What does your agent have listed at? Oh, 30000 I mean, it, if you look at that, what do you think that says about Zillow? Well, yeah, I know it's not entirely accurate, but you know, other houses have sold for thirty thousand. You're right. In 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 a perfect world, if you take this to an end buyer, they'll pay more. We're investors. We've got to get it at a discount because we're taking on that risk. Okay. Okay. Well. Well, I, and look here. How, how much are you going to pay though? I mean, how much are you going to pay? I don't know. Let's let's schedule an appointment. Let's go out there and talk about it. Let's look at this. Let me have a chance to get my numbers correct because I just got you on the phone. I didn't have a chance to look at this neighborhood. I realize that it says that what we do is look at the comparable sales within a certain radius. It being Detroit, we try to go to the street level and we look in the past 90 days. That's where we're going to get our baseline and we're going to back out what we need to make in profit and we're going to back out what we need to do in renovations and rehab. And that's how we're going to make it a cash offer. Well, before, before I take my time out to come come show you the house how fast can you close what are we going to do if we agree to a price what's it going to look like so typically we can close within seven to 14 days we do use a title company we got to make sure it's your property that we're buying and that there's no liens against it and if there are any liens against it we're gonna have to have those cleared and remedied because when we buy a house we want it to be our house for sure do you have any liens against it well, just taxes. Just the taxes. Yeah, nothing just, else. Just that's it. Just taxes. Oh, two years of taxes. Okay, so two years of taxes in March. They're just gonna take it from you, right? Yeah, my yeah, March two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if you don't want to take the time to come out and, and see me and talk about this further, I guess it's your call. <laughs> it sounds like you have somewhat of a time frame there that we can help at least get you some money on a property that's costing you money now, and we'll handle those back taxes for you. But I mean, what are your thoughts? Okay. I, well, I, I, when you want to come out and take a look at it, I'll meet you there tomorrow morning at eight. I can't. I can't do wait. I got. I got a job. Uh, can you do ten? And my wife will come. Well, actually, I'd prefer to meet you there. When would you and your wife be able to come? Are you both decision makers on this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let me know a good time that makes sense for both of you, and then we can meet out there because I'm going to bring all the numbers and information, and it sounds like you're ready to sell if we can agree on a price. If we go out there and everything makes sense, I'm based on what I show you. And would you be ready to sign a contract if we can agree on everything? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. So when's a good time? All right. So you want my wife there too? Yep. If you guys are both decision makers, I want you both to be part of the process. I don't want her to feel like she got left out and you get in trouble. I know how that goes. <laughs> well, what about uh, 3 p.m. tomorrow? Perfect. Awesome. See you then. I throw just about every. Did I miss any objections? Yeah, no, that was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> the Detroit thing, I probably should have gave you a suburb, just because I think it'd be easier. You could you could use real numbers based on what you know. Yeah, I don't know. You're not too far off though. I mean, that's pretty conservative. Maybe yeah. we should have done that, but we actually did okay on that deal. We were at what thirteen five. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I think thirteen. My, my trick of the trade is always throw a ridiculous number at them first. A low one. Sure. I mean, it's part of the thing in influence, and it's you know you, you set it's it's called uh, anchoring. So if you set a, a low yeah. number, it's almost like, you know, when they have a sale for expensive TV, it's normally 17,000 bucks, but today only nine anchoring. Yeah. Okay. So you, you set a low price point, five grand, and then you come up, oh, hey, uh, let me talk about my part, but maybe we can do 10. And it's still way below what they wanted. You yeah. know, you set, you set, that's kind of why I try to ask what they, what they hope they're going to get. 
and then kind of forget about it for a little while. I love that with the wife. I don't want her to feel like she's left out of the process. Who's, yeah. who's going to argue with that? Right. I can't think of a single part of fuck my wife, you know? No, well, a single person that. that wants to stay married. Yeah. Right? Well, here's the thing. You can't sell you completely disarm They yeah. sign off on it. So, yeah. you know, the dower's rights. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was good. See, I'm glad I was difficult. I feel like I, I would have been more difficult, but Mike Cowper literally has two minutes left. <laughs> right. I was going to make it the longest. Uh, I was going to throw even every objection in there. I could and all that. You threw quite a few. At I me. did. Everyone I could possibly think yeah. of. I should have written it out, but oh, well. Well, Mr. Mike Cowper, we're going to, con- Steve and I will continue the podcast. I really want to thank you. You got one minute left. Ladies and gentlemen, go to MikeBuysHousesForCash.com. WeBuyROI.com. Give him a call, 248-871-7450 for the podcast that his partner has, JustStartRealEstate.com. And Mike Cowper also has a blog on Bigger Pocket. Just search for Mike Cowper, C O W P E R. Mike, really appreciate you coming out today. Thank you very much. Hard 330 is here. Yep. That was excellent. Thanks Thank for having you, me, sir. On, guys. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you. Good awesome. to see you again. Thank you. Man, I think uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that, but I think Mike did a pretty good job. Yeah, that was Steve. awesome. That was good. Yeah. How about. We do the same thing. My turn. Yeah, Great. I might pick a different one though. I don't want to. Although it's you, not fair. You could probably pick one out of the leads because I don't necessarily know all those. I know the transactions. Ooh, but. that's that's true. Let me go to leads. Leads. So now, now Steve, Steve Londo, ladies and gentlemen from SteveBuysHousesFast.com, three one three CashDeals.com, and I highly recommend you go to FlipThisPodcast.com. And subscribe. I know you'll be on iTunes soon. Currently, it's on SoundCloud. It's worth listening to, folks. Go and do it. So let's see if we got a good one here. <clears throat> we got one on Redford. Won't see the address. See if the internet gets going. Come on, internet. Oh, I didn't press it hard enough. Damn iPads. I was uh, blaming the internet inappropriately. All right. Oh, shit. That's a condo. I'm not doing that. Good Lord. I'll just go with one I know in my head. We'll do <laughs> Shaftesbury fine. again. We'll just, so. do, we'll just do it. It doesn't really matter, does it? No. Hi, my name is Jeremy. I got uh, you sent me this postcard about my house in Detroit that I uh, you say you're interested in buying. Okay. Awesome. Uh, is now a good time to talk about that? Y- yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I called you or you called me. So. No, I called you. Okay. I called you. Yeah, cool. No, thanks for calling me back. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. What was your name again? My name's Jeremy. I'm writing his name down. Jeremy. Okay. Well, thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate you giving me a call back. Um, so you said in Detroit, what's the ad- actual address of the house? It is uh, 19701 Shaftesbury, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, let's see. What's the zip code? 48219. 219. Okay, cool. So what can you tell me about the house? Well, um, it's brick. It's on a corner lot. It's right across the street from a big park. It's well kept. It's a it's a decent neighborhood. Uh, three bedroom, one bath. Doesn't need much work. Is uh, it rented or vacant? Currently, it's vacant. It's vacant. Okay. All right. Yeah. Have you had it rented before? Yeah. Was, what, what were you getting rent for rent? Uh, I was getting like seven fifty, eight hundred a month. Okay, that sounds about right. That's pretty good. Yeah. What uh? What are you hoping to get for the house? 
Well, I saw on Zillow that um, some houses were selling in my neighborhood for thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars. So I was trying to get as close to that as possible. Well, Zillow's not the most accurate. You know, a lot of times that I don't know. What, honestly, I don't know how they come up with their values. I'm going to use actual MLS sold comps number one, and also we buy a ton of houses in Detroit, so we pretty much have our model down exact. We know exactly what it's going to take for us to have a house rent ready to go and what I can sell those for. So that is pretty much uh, 25,000 minus whatever repairs are going to need to be done to the house. So what do you think is wrong with the house? Well, 25,000, not 30,000. Yeah, it's certainly 30,000. I'm not sure where that number comes from, but I'll definitely check the MLS comps and see what's selling in that area. But our model is pretty much a maximum that we can pay. If the house is perfect is 25,000. Yeah. Well, um, some paint, could use some paint, maybe a few doors, um, furnace is a little older, the garage could probably use a roof and a little bit, a little bit of paint, um, kitchen's old, but it's in good shape. I mean, other than that, I mean, not much. Do you know, um, when the last time the electrical was updated? Uh, no, I do not. Um, do you know what kind of plumbing there is? If it's copper or if it's that old? Yeah, it does, it does have packs. Okay, yeah. that's good. That'll save some money there. Um, you know, I'm really not sure. Based on what you've said, uh, I'm trying to run the numbers in my head about how much work might be needed. It's probably, my offer's probably going to be, I'm going to have to give you a range because I don't really know until I see it. But unless we're close, I can't come out and take a look. So I'm going to give you a range. And if this is acceptable, then we can set an appointment and go to the next step. Um, I'm probably going to be between eight and 15,000. It's kind of a big range, but it sounds like it needs around 10,000 worth of work. And I, like I said, the most I can pay if it's perfect is 25. So it's probably between eight and 15. Is that something that might work for you? Man, I don't, I don't know about needing 10,000 worth of work. I mean, I, I could paint that house in a day. Uh, doesn't take that long to fix, uh, fix the roof. Um, I, that just seems like a big discount. It, that, that's a lot. I don't know if I can do that. Well, I, you know, like I said, we're an investor. This is a business. This is a, we pretty much have a checklist that I have to follow. And if, if I go off the rails, my partners, my investors, they're not going to do the deal. So I'm not going to tell you I can do something I can't do. So if that doesn't work for you, that's all right. You know, just keep my information and let me know um, if anything changes. But if that's a range you could consider, I mean, what, what, I guess, let me back up. Why did you want to sell the house in the first place? Well, work, I've been working more the last tenants I had to evict uh, and I'm just, I'm just tired I had to go through the courts, took forever. Then I had to fix up the house again. And I just can't see myself doing it again. And I'm down on property taxes in March. Um, I think I would like eight grand in property taxes. So, uh, okay. So you need eight just to get the taxes paid. So you, you couldn't even accept an offer of less than probably 10 grand, huh? Uh, no, no. Okay. All right. Well, then I guess I would have to be between 10 and 15. I mean, I don't know if I can do that. I guess I'd have to take a look. But if you're willing to consider an offer of between 10 and 15,000, I can send one of my guys out to take a look at it. Well, I don't know. That seems really low. How, how fast can you close? 
Well, I mean, I've closed as fast as four days. I don't typically close that quickly. It's generally a two to three week process. It all depends on, you know, the situation, the time of year. I would certainly like to get it closed by the end of this year. That helps everybody out because mm. it's what December seventh at this time or eighth. So, um, we're generally averaging about three weeks. Um, but I have closed as fast as four days, but that was a pretty extreme case. Well, did you need to close that fast? No, no, not really. I, I do have to sell by March. Sure. Yeah. Or I got to pay the taxes. One of the two. Right. Well, at least um, the first, at least the, the oldest year of taxes to yeah, keep it from being from yeah. close. So, well, I, well, you, Jeremy, if you're interested, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I mean, I just need to know if that's an offer that you'd be willing to consider. So if you could consider an offer between ten and fifteen thousand, I can send someone out to take a look. We can go from there. You know, I don't. I don't know. I think I might have to talk to my wife uh, about that to see if I see if we're willing to do that or not. I'm. I'm not sure. All right, Jeremy, that's totally understandable. I totally get that. You'd be stupid if you didn't talk to your wife about that. So why don't you get your get with your wife and give me a call back maybe tomorrow? Um, if I don't hear from you by two o'clock, I'll give you a call back. Does that sound good? Sounds great. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you then. Awesome. Throw enough curveballs there. Yeah, yeah. You know I was what? waiting for you to go. Yeah, because I know we bought the house for thirteen five. So 10, yeah. ten to fifteen is a great range. Well, I figure I get yeah. give everybody every. I don't know. I probably could have thought of That's a good. few more to throw. In oh, there's there. a lot more. I can yeah. think of a lot more. Just toss junk at you all <laughs> yeah. day. Fifty minute yeah. uh, phone conversation, right? But these objections really happen, and it'll be interesting to listen to them live too. Um, actually, I'm kind of like somewhere in between you, you, you two guys. Yeah. But just listen to that. You'd be stupid not to. I'm going to use that too. I love that because that does come up a lot. The yeah, I got to talk to my wife. Yeah, and, yep. I've used that line. Oh man, you'd be stupid if you didn't do that. Or you haven't talked to her already before you called me. Oh yeah, you definitely got to talk to her first before we make a deal. Yeah. You know th- those types of things. I mean. Uh, y- a legally the wife has to be on board if it's owned by a, a a married man as a married man as a man if he owns it in an entity that's a different story and at least now, in the state of michigan in the state of michigan yeah. sure so in the state of michigan there's what we call dower rights and that means that a wife owns one third of anything a man owns real estate wise and no matter what no matter if they were married when they took title or he he owned a hundred properties all by himself as a single man the second they get married she owns a third of them all so unless they were in an llc a trust a corporation things like that so one of the things that i'll do is well how do you own the house you know if they if they don't want the wife involved which sometimes happens in a you know they're on the verge of a divorce or they're just shady as fuck whatever yeah uh there's plenty of that yeah Yeah. i will ask to find out what the situation is in terms of if they how they took title and if they are entitled as a uh, a married man, then I'm going to tell them, yeah, or they're, they're entitled individually, I should say. Yeah, you're going to have to talk to your wife. I'd like to have her come out to the property too. Uh, where Mike was going, it's, it was sounding like he is ready to and, and pushes to lock them up right on the spot, which I, was gonna, I do a lot too. He sets the appointment. He really wants to set the appointment and do everything, everything there. Wants, yeah. yeah, I used to do that a lot more too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just, I just play it by ear. I always have a contract ready to be signed at an appointment. Um, if I feel that way, the conversation's going, I'm pushing to sign it. If I feel like they need a little more time and leeway and some follow-up would be better, then that's the way I, I've been taking it personally. But, um, 
Plus the way our system's automated now, I just put the information into the CRM and then Rob sends the offer out through a digital signature service. And I really like that and I like the automated factor of it, but there's there's just something about a piece of paper on the hood of a car or on a kitchen table yeah. and a seller signing. You know it's real. I mean? so, it's right there. I also noticed that um, Mike really wants to set the appointment. Like he doesn't need to know. He doesn't apparently want to know much. He just wants to set the appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I've talked to him before and unfortunately he had to leave, but um, what he will do, I know he told me was um, if he goes back and the numbers are all wonky, he'll call back and cancel. And cancel. The appointment. Yeah. Yeah. So he pushes kind of like more like um, real estate agents on expired listing calls. Mm hmm. They don't even know anything about the house. They just want to set the appointment, yeah. set the appointment. And um, you, not there. so much. Why? I'm curious. I, you know, I a know lot of wasted time. Asking, yeah. I've wasted a lot of time driving yeah. around and looking at houses and, and the old, we'll just drive by it. I used to actually do that. Oh, okay. I'll go drive by the house and just for what, for why? Yeah. If I'm going to buy it, I need to see it, you know, unless it's tenant occupied and it's like a package deal or something like that. I won't do that drive, drive by shit anymore. I really want to get in the house, but if they're not motivated and I don't feel like there's a deal there, I'm not going to waste the time or the money because right now I'm hiring someone to go out and do the appointments. And if they're not, if I don't feel like it's a deal, I don't want to spend that time or that money. Um, But I totally see where he's coming from. They're also dealing with a little different clients than we are in the yeah, city they don't do a lot of city stuff we get think. a lot of just flat yeah. out liars i mean there's just all there is to especially it. the last freaking three weeks yeah jesus so in the suburbs we don't have as big of a, a, a problem um if it's a suburb deal i'm pretty much handling it like he is i'm pushing because otherwise if, if i hang up they might call someone else yeah and generally speaking in the suburbs if it gets passed if it gets to someone else and it's a deal they're going to snatch it up i mean there's not too many times when the same the more than one of us is talking to the same seller, right? In 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 the suburbs, it's very rare. And when it is, it's usually a probate, right? Yeah. So we end up working together, anyways. Um, well, I had great rapport with them. Yeah, they, I don't know. They felt a little off to me. All right. Well, why don't you let me take the lead on it? Make your offer. I'll make my offer, and we'll just see who you know. Ron and I have done that a few times, and it's worked great. Well, he had better rapport one time. I've had better rapport for whatever reason. I don't even know if there's any logic to it. It just happened. People that, like who people like, right? Yeah. They connect with who they connect with. How can you not like Ron Walraven? I mean, come on. He rubs me wrong sometimes. <laughs> I like him a lot though, but you know, I'm just generally disagreeable. Remember I said in the beginning, curmudgeonly, curmudgeonly everybody rubs, rubs me wrong. No, you are right. He's very friendly. He's good on the phone too. Yeah. yeah he's he's really excellent on the yep. phone. Sorry, Ron. I was just fucking kidding, man. <laughs> I was being difficult to be difficult. That's so, what I do sometimes. Right. <laughs> but no, I, I really like that philosophy. And, I, you know, guys, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's what you're comfortable with and what works for you. You can try what Mike does. You can try what I do. The point is do fucking something. Definitely. Talk to, talk to people. Talk to sellers. And, you know, get out there and look at houses. If you haven't done a deal yet, I'm sorry. You're going to need to waste a lot of time. Yes. You're going to need to drive and look at a lot of houses. You're going to need to talk to a lot of sellers. And you will see the difference when you get one that's really motivated. You will instantly know the difference. And I can't explain it. I can't teach it. I can play them. I can play audio of motivated sellers for you. It'll help. But it's not the same as that phone conversation as you're discovering this person needs to sell that house and that you can help them. And uh, really, it's at that point, it's pretty easy. 
So this guy, what if he doesn't call back tomorrow after he talks to his wife? What then? Well, I, that's why I gave a time. If I don't hear from you by X time, I'll give you a call back. There I would call go. at that time. Yep. I would put it in my calendar as an appointment to call him at that time. And then, because if I don't, I probably won't. So yeah. I have it's to. It's easy it to forget. Way. Super easy. Yeah. Especially talking to as many people as we talk to. So, and if he didn't follow up from there, it would just be pretty much every day until I got a hold of them. If, if I felt it was a deal, if it was something marginal and I wasn't sure about it, I, I would follow up, but I would put it into the, let's turn this into an automated follow up versus I'm going to call this guy every day. Now, if that was a house that uh, was in East point or in Royal Oak say, and we're close on the numbers and I just think it's a matter of getting me in the door, I'm going to follow up like a pit bull. I'm going to, I'm not letting go yeah. until he either says, calls the police and says, this guy's harassing me or <laughs> signs the fucking contract. Sell me your house, sir. <laughs> I'm here and I'm in a buying mood. Yeah. So you just relentless follow up if they don't actually do that. Yeah. yeah Detroit is different that way. And I like the motivation, uh, especially of late mm-hmm. motivation. So we should back this up. I got a little excited. I was rushing the gun folks for the phone thing. You are trying to get information about the house, and Steve went all through that. And then you got to hear two different ways of getting to, but what were they trying to figure out? What they're trying to figure out, are you motivated? Is there equity? Yep. Right? Everything else, that that's what you're trying to figure out. Are they motivated, and is there the equity? The rest of it is just procedural. Is this something we can sell? We need this information to figure out what the house is worth. We need this information to figure out how much work it needs. Oh, in this case, highly motivated. They're going to lose the taxes in March. It's been vacant for a year. Mm -hmm. They no tenant in there. I found this out closing. The guy literally went every night and turned on different lights. That's crazy. They live in, uh, I think Northville. Oh my gosh. And they drove all the way over to Shasta. He does it every day on the way from work. He removes the handbills from the door. He'd been doing this for over a year, but that's crazy. Yeah. And that was a website lead, wasn't it? It was. Why, Mr. Seller, did you wait a year to go to stevebuyshousesfast.com and fill out that form? I've been one of these people. <laughs> I know. Sometimes. I yeah. Sometimes you get so overwhelmed. So I don't judge these people that call yeah. in, right? A lot of people think, I never talk bad about them. I talk bad about the liars. Sure. Because that's different. That's different than, that's different. than being in a bad, bad spot situation. and you need to get out or just being tired. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been in both, maybe you don't understand, but sometimes you're just in a bad spot or you're just tired of dealing with a fucking house, man. You're just tired of it. They were tired of it. Yeah. They went from 30 on the phone till 20. Yeah. And then I said, look, 20, 20 is what we pay if it's perfect. I set the expectation for the appointment. I learned this from you. I said, look, 20 is the best we can do if it's perfect. If it's not perfect, what I'm doing is coming out. We're starting at 20 and I'm subtracting work from there. Yep. I just want you to be aware of that before I come out. And so, it works. It worked I, in this case. He for did. Sure. It yeah. did. I set the expectation of a lower number, though, right? Right. And, and kind of what I did was, um, sure, it's not really worth 30 but if there was some sort of seller or financing available mm-hmm. or somebody can go to a bank and get an FHA loan, a homeowner, it probably would be worth 30 or 35 So what I said was like, yeah, it probably is worth 30 uh, Ms. Hyatt. Um, but we're investors. My boss, he has five kids. I always say this. My boss, he has five kids to feed. This is how he makes money. So 
You're right. It probably is worth 30. If you can get 30, you should go get it. But the most you'll pay is 20. Right. Perfect. Yeah. That start right there. Is that something you're willing to consider? <clears throat> yeah. Well, not less than 20. That's what they said on the phone. They said not yeah. less than 20. And $6,500 later. Yes. Yeah. It was less than 20. Yeah. Right. Same thing. I, I had a phone call and this is just the power of asking. So she says, you know, it was 80,000. She wanted for her house. I think is what it said on the, on the Pat live email. I got, I called her up and it was, Oh, I don't know. 75, 70, any less than 65. I'd really have to think about it. Wow. Like 15 grand in 15 about grand 10 seconds. Asking yeah. a question. Can I come see it now? You know, I was going to book that appointment for a few days away. Cause it, was convenient for me. Fuck that. I dropped what I was doing and drove out there that night and locked that house up. And I got it for 40, 40, even lower. Yeah. So just asking and, and is that the best you can do? So those are little things that I say almost every time. If they, they, I, I get my number, whether it's in the beginning by saying, what are you hoping to get? Or if I can pay you all cash and close whenever you want, what's the least that you'd consider? Either way, they give a number, and it depends on what the number is, but I'm going to say, is that the best you can do? Or if, if it's such a good number, I'm going to say, all right, well, I need to come take a look at it. I'm, I'll say it later. Well, you said you were looking for 20. Is that the, really the best you can do? What are they going to say? No. I mean, the worst thing they can say is no. Oh, 20,000. What do you, you know? Well, yeah, I might take 18. You just made two grand, potentially, right? Yeah. You just got a $2,000 discount by asking. If you don't ask, you don't get. So I use that shit, that whole philosophy. If you don't ask, you don't get. I use that in my business all the time, probably every day. Right. So you're the most aggressive person I've met at it. You're, you're always asking, yeah. always asking. And I still use, so I like the Ron Mike squared combo for getting off the phone faster. But what I've been doing is, so what I'm talking about is within two minutes on the phone, I want to say, how much were you hoping to get? Just like that. How much were you hoping to get? Shut the fuck up. Yep. I am really going to do my best not to move past this point. Right. In fact, we should role play this a little bit. It doesn't mean you, you always do, mm-hmm. but that, but that's the goal. And I'll get that up front right there. And then I'll start. The next question is what, if anything is wrong with your house or what work do you think your house needs to be rent ready or ready to sell? Ask that question. Get them talking about what's wrong. Yeah. No matter what they say, then I'll ask some next questions. When you look at the roof, does it look great, good, okay, or poor? Mm-hmm. Then I start walking through the whole house. But I made sure I asked the question, what are you hoping to get? So if it's stupid. You can get off the phone right away. Yeah. 100000 I want 120 because it's extra nice. <laughs> yeah. And I look, uh, I go on the MLS and it's worth seventy. I'm like, <laughs> well. I can't help you. Is, it, yep. is there gold in one of those rooms in your house? I don't say that, but so now you can just get off the phone. Yeah, you have. <laughs> Thankfully though, the, the, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't seem to get that as much as we used to Ver, the, And what I mean by that is I want 120, but it, it's only worth a hundred. I don't see that as much because the markets come back a yeah, lot. It is. Cool it down used to be six months. I need 140,000 and the highest comp was 62. And you're yeah. like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I Shit can't out help of luck. You. Yeah. yeah. You can do a short sale, but that's about it. You know? So, and then I save the, and this is gold folks and you got to use it in the combo. Right. So now we've gone through the whole, whole conversation. 
let's say how much you open to get 30. So I'm going to take this guy in this case or this lady, Miss Hyatt from 30 to somewhere between 10 and 15. Steve was right. We know I need to be somewhere between 10 and 15. If what they say is true about the house. So I go, look, I pay you all cash, close when you want. What's the least you would consider? Then shut the fuck up. Right. But then Steve has his second line. Is that really the best you could do? Always ask that. I don't always use it in the same phone call, though. I've been using it more as a negotiating tactic. Save it for because it's kind of like the big boom, right? You use the big boom stick. I yep. don't want to use the big boom stick too early in the beginning. And like I said, it's it's a long. It's like a two sentence. It feels like a paragraph yeah. as I'm saying it. Sometimes I have heard people stop listening halfway through the the sentence. So it's it's best used when you're in rapport. And it's best used also if you say their name first. So, Jeremy, instantly I've got your attention. So, Jeremy, if I could pay you all cash, close whenever you want. It's the least you'd consider. And you you need to be in rapport with that for it to come out when they're at them to actually listen to you. And yeah, it's like the it's like the heavyweight. You know, you don't you don't bring the heavyweight out in in the prelims yeah. generally, right? Those are the guys are the main event. Get so, them a little tired. Get them sweating. Get them yep. guessing. Get the, get the get them. You know, if I'm using my fight card analogy, get the crowd hyped up a little yeah. bit. Get the seller build some rapport. Mm-hmm. Get them thinking about it, and then because you've already probably asked them too, what are you hoping to get? Yeah. So you're also asking again. I love that because it's not asking them what they'll accept, what they'll take, what they want. What are you hoping for? Hope also implies best case, right? Yeah. So I'm hoping to get 30. Okay, well, you, we all know you can hope in one hand and shit in the other, and which one's going to fill up faster, right? Yeah. I That's hope implicit I'm going to get, yeah. In the question. Exactly. Like, oh, hoping. I'm hoping to get 30, and instantly, okay, well, that's my ceiling, yeah. right? Whereas if you ask it the long version way, it seems to get a little more accurate, too. Like, they're they're telling you more, well, probably this, but then is that the best you can do? Especially if we're far off and I know I'm just going to, I'm just going to smack him in the face with it. Basically, yeah, you have right? to. Cause right. what's the point? You're not getting paid to make a, phone calls. You're getting pussy flipping around. Houses, right. Right. So if I, if they're at a hundred and I know I can't buy it for more than 70, I'm going to say, look, I'm not going to waste your time. I can't pay more than like 60, 65 for this house. 70 tops. If that's something you could consider, I can set an appointment. Otherwise probably just, I'm not your solution. I use that one a lot too. I'm probably just not your solution because realistically looking at our numbers for the year, we're only helping about 4% of the people. So of the, all the people that call in 4% of them are getting signed contracts. That's 96% of the people that aren't. Well, they need to understand that less than 1% of all real estate transactions in America. And I would imagine probably the world, unless you're in a war zone, are these kind of distressed industrial world distressed properties, right? right. 99% or more are going to be handled just fine via real estate agents, mm-hmm. realtors, the MLS, somebody, a friend at church, something like yeah. that, right? They have time, they have money, they fix it up nice. They're not looking to, they don't have to sell. Maybe they don't even want to sell yeah. to get, to get through them fast. That's why I like that combo. What's the least you're willing to consider? Is that really the best you can do? And I would say this too, I've been more effective with it. Um, listening to Grant Cardone, the negotiation process, I'll throw in this, and this is directly ripped from Grant Cardone. When you're that close to a number, especially after an appointment, mm-hmm. right? Well, look, we're serious, but 
Before we get into this, are you ready to sign off? We come to a number, and we agree to a number in the next five minutes. Are you ready to sign right now? Now, the answer to that question is no, don't do it. Yep. There's no point in coming up on your price at all if they're not willing to do something about it now. Hey, look, I'd, be, I'd, love, to, I'd be, love to go to my boss and figure out what he's willing to do. Are you willing to sign right now if he does? Because he's that's the first question he's going to ask me when I call. I love that. That's the first question he's going to ask me. He's going, is he ready to sign? Yep. Are you ready to sign if we come to an agreement? That's right from Grant Cardone. So you're kind of using these strategies because sometimes it makes sense to come up in your price, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. the house is worth it. But you don't just want to come up your price without, look, are, are we going to do a deal? Are we going to sign on the line that is dotted? Right. Or are we just talking? Because my boss, is, it's always my boss. Steve, you're such an asshole. I know. My boss is not, that's the first question he's going to ask. Yeah. So, my, mine's always my partner. Partner. I have an asshole partner. Yeah. I don't, I don't ever give his name out, though, so they might be able to track him down. Yeah. He's ruthless, though. Difficult. Whatever his name Challenging. is. Challenging. <laughs> yeah. Curmudgeonly. Man, I got, I'm sorry. Or, well, it used to be um, the good cop, bad cop all the time. Yeah. And then I didn't have anybody to be the bad cop, so I just made him up. It's my partner who's in. Well, your partner's the market. You know. And the market is ruthless. My partner is all of my buyers. That's really, yeah. when I get into specifics and I actually have to explain it to them, I say, my partners are my buyers. So uh, Ron might be one of my partners. Jesse might be my partner that day. Whoever's coming to see the house is one of my partners. And it's true. We're partnering on the, to get this deal closed. Um, so I use that a lot. But definitely uh, it works when you're not the end-all, be-all, final answer, right? If you have someone to defer to, my wife, my partner, my boss, whatever it is, uh, it also puts you in a better position of rapport with the seller because everybody's got a boss, right? Almost everybody, generally speaking. Everybody has a boss. Everybody's got somebody to answer to. You got a boss, Steve. Uh, yeah, she's at home right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's Everybody got somebody to boss. answer to. Yeah. And so they can. Somebody's relate. holding you accountable, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And somebody, they all have somebody that they can, well, they can relate because they all have somebody to answer to. So it's just a matter of getting in that position of rapport with them and so that you're on the same side of the table as them it's not you versus them it's you're trying to help them solve their problem which in reality is is what we do um you are walking a fine line i do want to point out i have to do this too deferring to authority is a fine line so you don't want to defer to authority on everything folks because if you're deferring authority on everything then when you're talking to the person on the phone they may feel like you are that talking to you is a waste of time. Yeah. You can't do anything anyway. Right. That's true. So you want to have authority until you don't. Right. And what do you not have authority on? It's price and terms, right? You get, you get down to it and I do You're doing everything else. So just keep that, keep that in mind, folks. You want to, do you want to fuck me up, Steve? You want to grill me? You want to sure. You want to I'm a little nervous when I'm saying this. He's probably going to throw the fridge at my head. Catch this brick with your teeth, son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how'd that feel? Oh, uh, let's see. I'm so gonna I'm going to do the best I can. Live lead and pretend I'm. Yeah, I'm going to be this guy on Denton Road in Canton. All right, good. I was going to say, it's don't a brand new that. lead. So we're gonna we're gonna practice so that when you call him in the next hour, <laughs> we can get some. Sell me your house now. All right, so you are calling me back because I yeah. called in and left my information. What, what's his name? Dean. Uh, Lonnie. Well, I'll just Lonnie. be Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, All this right. is Steve. 
Hey, Steve, my name's Jeremy. I got this postcard. Uh, you mailed me this postcard about my house in Wait, Canton. we're supposed to do it the other way around, right? All right. Wait. I'm, I'm going to be the seller. You're calling me. Yeah, that's right. Or I'm the seller. So Sorry. You're, you're Sorry, returning, folks. You're returning my call. I called in and I talked to Pat Live. Remember, remember when I said that this was podcast was thrown together? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to think about that, okay, well, before you judge me too harshly. All right. So, All right, so I'm the seller and you're calling me. Hello? Wait, you're the seller? I'm the seller, right? Didn't you say you wanted to grill me? Wanted me? Yeah, 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 you? yeah, dude. I don't know where the fuck I'm at. This Just follow me, brother. I know follow I'm me. trying. Let's go. You're laying out the crumbs. <laughs> I'm like wandering everywhere, like the, the silly kid. All right. Hi, this is Jeremy speaking. Hey, I I called. Uh, hi, my name's Steve. Um, you called. Well, you called me. So yeah. Hi. Oh, hey, Steve. Uh, I'm returning your message from or no? God. Yeah, you're it. right. Keep going. Fuck. God, people. All right, I'm gonna do it. Hey, Steve, my, my name is Jeremy. I'm returning your message from earlier today regarding the house you called in about in Canton. Are you thinking about selling that house? Yeah, actually, it's on five acres. Um, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, it's nice. Five acres is kind of big. Uh, what can you tell me about your house? Well, I don't know because there's nothing in it. No, I'm just kidding. It's yeah. a three-bedroom, two-bath. It, you know, it was my mom's house. It was built in, uh, I don't know, like the 50s, I think. Okay. How many square feet do you think about? Oh, gosh. It's okay if you don't know exactly. Like 2,000, 1,800, something like that. All right. Three bedroom, how many baths? You should have that actually. Yeah, I should have that. Two baths. Well, you got to figure out. Well, one and a half. There's actually actually two and a half because the one in the basement, we don't really count, but it's a half bath technically. Okay. Is your house, is it brick or is it frame? What do you mean by frame? Uh, is Is there brick anywhere on the outside? Um, just the front, just the front. Okay. The rest of the house, is it wood sided, vinyl sided, aluminum sided, or sided in something different? Um, vinyl sided, vinyl sided. Okay. So your house would brick with some vinyl siding. Um, I'm curious, just out of curiosity, how much are you hoping to get for this? Well, I don't know. Zillow says it's worth about two fifteen. Um, I'm thinking, you know, I got a mortgage, so mm, how much is a mortgage? How much you owe? Oh, I, 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 less than that. Less than that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to be upfront with you. My boss is an investor. He has five kids. Um, this is how he makes his money. He buys houses at a discount and then sells them retail. You can almost always do better on the MLS. Is that something you considered? What's the MLS? Oh, like a real estate agent. Oh, okay. Or a realtor. You probably know somebody yeah, at church. I don't, I don't like realtors. I don't want to deal with that. And plus, they, they just make so much money. And what do they really do? Well, no. I, hey, they, they do a lot. But I would agree realtors. in this situation, right? So I'm just telling you up front, though, that let's say your house is worth $220,000. Um, kind of how this works is 30 35% off the top minus whatever work it needs. So speaking of which... I mean, how much you have into it? I'm sure you don't want to lose money, right? No, it's again, it was my mom's house and you know, it needs, it probably needs a lot of work. It's in really good condition, but it's all, it's all old. You know, she didn't need to maintain it and or she didn't need to, she maintained it really well, but she didn't update the kitchen and the bathrooms and all that stuff. It's still pink tile and this, you know, those kinds of things. So it does need a lot of work. And I know that that's one of the reasons I didn't want to call a realtor too, is I know that you know, I'm probably gonna have to fix it up and I don't have time to do all that. I don't, I don't even live in this area anymore. I'm in 
insert state here and i just don't have time to mess with it but my mom passed away last year and we've been holding on to this house and i just need to get rid of it man i understand i'm, I'm sorry to hear that too about your mother so that might, that's a trying time and these things are never fun so i understand now why you probably wouldn't want to call a real estate agent because these are not the best houses for real estate agents some of them can get it done but but not usually well okay um you don't know how much you know owe on the mortgage that's kind of a go no go can you find out? Maybe I can log in and check it out. It's well, let me see if I can find it. There we go. Rustling papers around. Yeah. I, this says specifically, this isn't the payoff amount, but it says I owe, she owed $96,000. All right. It sounds like there's probably room in this deal. So um, how soon were you thinking of selling? Well, there's, you know, I have, three brothers and and my sister she ever comes back around but oh man that sounds fun yeah that happens people trust me yeah. so i i mean i want to sell it quick i'm the personal representative i'm the final decision maker but i just i have to talk to all of them and get their input so i'm i want to move quickly i'd like to i'd like to finish this by the end of the year if it's possible but i don't know could you even move that fast it's only three weeks away well, it depends on where you're at in the probate. Uh, you are the personal rep. I agree you should definitely talk to your brothers and sisters and everybody involved, but ultimately you're the decision maker. So depending on where you're at in probate and you being the personal rep, yeah, we can. this can be done by the end of the year, depend, numbers-wise, depending on the number. Um, where are you at in probate? We're completely done. Everything's ready to go. I can legally sell the house. I just talked to the attorney before I called you because I want to make sure, but... I just, you know, it's been a long time. It's been a year we've been working on this, and I'm, just, I'm kind of done. I'm just ready to, to be done with this house. All right, look, gave you all cash, closed when you wanted. What's the least you would consider? Well, if I put it on the market with a realtor, I'd have to pay 6%, and I, I can save that. I don't know, like 170 maybe. 170. I don't well, know. It's worth like two, it's worth about 220, right? Zillow says it's worth 220. Yeah, it needs a lot of work. Is that really the best you can do? I don't know. Close I, by the end of the year, could be done. No more no don't have to call any real estate agents. Uh we close fast, we handle all the paperwork for you. Uh there's no commissions, anything like that. We will take it from start. This could be literally the last phone call you have to make about this house. That sounds pretty good. But I still I need to get I mean, it's not about me. I don't need the money. My sister probably needs it the most, and my other two younger brothers need it more. I'd like to get them all at least fifteen thousand. How many of them? How many are there again? Three. Four? Well, I have four. I have three brothers and a sister. Like I said, I don't really need the money, but I mean, even ten. I want to get them all something. This was my mom's house. This was going to be, you know, if she didn't take out that mortgage a few years ago, we we would have a lot more to work with, but. You know, I know that's not really your problem, but that's just kind of what is important. I need to, I want to make sure that they get some, some cash out of it. Well, no, I understand. I think that's good. You're doing that too. Cause I mean, this is probably what your mother wanted to happen, right? You get pass on a little money and everybody gets a little money and, and I understand that completely. I don't know if we can quite get to 150. Again, my boss is a real estate investor. We're heading into the winter costs more to rehab houses in the winter. Holding costs are higher. Would you be willing to consider an offer less than $150,000? I'd consider it. I, I guess it depends on how much less. Well, I'm not sure. Um, let me see. When's the tomorrow at 1 PM. Can I come out and take a look at it? Um, 
Yeah, there's a key. We have a lockbox on there. I guess I could give you the code. I'm in insert state here, so I don't, I can't show it to you, but, um, I can probably give you the code to the lockbox. We had my brother that was cleaning it out and things like that and going through everything. So, yeah. Okay. After I take a look at it and I run all the numbers and all the stuff by my boss, um, how soon do you think you and your brothers and sisters can come to an agreement? Well, like I said, I'm the decision maker and I really want to get this done. So I, I mean, if it's a fair offer that, that gets what I could get them some cash, I'd be able to, I'd be able to accept it quickly. Like I said, I want to get this done. I just need a couple of days probably to talk to them. My sister is the hardest one to get a hold of. Okay. No problem. So I'm going to go take a look at your house tomorrow at 1 PM. What I do is I come out and I take a ton of pictures and I write up all the work it needs. And then I go back into the office and I put everything in the system, and then my boss reviews it. I will give you a call by 7 p.m. on the next day to make you a fair all-cash offer. Does that sound all right? That sounds great. All right. What I'll do is I'll call an hour before to confirm the appointment as well. I know I have a lockbox code, but I know I want you to know I'm walking in, and I'll also let you know when I'm walking out, okay? All right. Could you? I'd be at work. Could you just send me a text when you confirm? Absolutely. And this number I'm calling you from too. This is my cell phone, so you can call, text, whatever. If I don't answer, it means I'm on the phone, I'm asleep, or I'm dead. All right. So please leave a voicemail, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So we're booked for 1 p.m. tomorrow. I will call at noon to confirm the appointment. The lockbox code is XXXX. And if anything happens in the meantime, give me a call or a text. And let me know. All right. All right. Good. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm looking forward to buying this house from you. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. That's good. Yeah, I feel like you didn't throw enough hard shit at me. I was trying to be the super motivated guy to see what you'd do after a minute. I wanted to get a little bit of hard, and then I was trying to give you some real numbers. Like I, th- I said 170 because yeah, that's a pretty big discount off it of retail, is. right? But if you look at Mayo being 135 and I said I want to get my brothers and sisters about ten grand each. Yeah. So I'm trying to like – set the table for you to go and give me a number. You never gave me a number other than you would you consider, consider an offer, an offer less, less than 150? 150. Yep. I like that. And I don't like that. I like it because it works to get the appointment. It's, it doesn't work because, well, yeah, I'd consider an offer of less than 150, but again, how much less? And these aren't our typical deals. People, these, these nice houses, we don't hey, really I'll take some nice houses. I know. Right. But it's whoever it's, Linny or whatever is. Yeah, get I know calls. right where this place is too. Yeah. This is uh, and this is on five eight. This is kind of like country Canton. It used to be a lot of farms and fields and stuff. But um, but anyway, uh, most of our deals are Detroit or our lower end rental types, which are pretty. Honestly, it's pretty much a formula. It's a it's a cookie cutter thing. You look at the comps, especially in the suburbs, but it's really. Detroit, 25,000 minus repairs equals offer. Yeah. Right. So well, it's an all cash. It's an all investor market sure. for the most part. Minus yeah. a few neighborhoods, right? But this house, like if it were really worth two, two ten, um, it's probably a three or four bedroom, 1800 square foot house. It's probably, yeah, see the range is 160 to 200. So that is a house that we probably could pick up for. 120 to 140 and flip for 150 to 160 and and someone could go in and and rehab it and make money um because on in canton for sure depending on what the schools are that could be worth even more than 220 if it was uh a nice brand new you know modernly styled rehabbed house so well how about um 
I feel like you didn't fuck me up enough on the price. We can do another one. So no, no. How about we do the same one, but mess me up on the price because this happens a lot, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, the most common objection when I go, "How much are you hoping to get?" Well, I'm not sure. What does the market yeah, bear it? You know, exactly. I, I got some stuff. I get aggressive with it because okay. all right. So just start with what are you hoping to get? Yeah, yeah. Just like I just want and just be just <clears throat> fucking difficult, obstinate, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to throw everything I got at you. I okay. don't know if it'll be good or not, but I'm, I'm going to throw it all at you. Everything all I right. got. So yeah, I mean, Zillow says it's worth two twenty. That mm. sounds pretty good. I'd take two twenty for it. Two twenty. Well, I don't know, man. How much were you hoping to get? Well, like I said, I mean, I want market value. I, this is this is a nice house. It's in great condition. This is an old lady lived there for a long time. Um, I don't see why why can't you pay what it's worth. Well, look, I understand. It sounds like a nice house. It sounds like it's probably worth two hundred twenty thousand dollars. But that's not what we do. We're investors. My boss, he has five kids to feed. This is how he pays all his bills. We buy houses at a discount and we flip them at retail, and that's how we make our money. That being said, have you considered listing with a real estate agent? They can almost always do better. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's some commissions, and you do have to put it on the market and all that, but uh, they can pay clo- much closer, if not to full market value, but that's not what we do. Are you willing to consider an offer less than full market value? Well, yeah. I mean, if I can save the commissions and not have to pay a realtor, that would be helpful. Um, and not have to deal with a, a bank and, and inspections and stuff like that, I consider. But still, I know what it's worth, and I'd like to get, you know, retail. I'd like to get full market value, but I guess I could I could take less the commissions. Well, that, that'll get us that'll get us part way. If you want a house for if the house is worth two hundred and and twenty thousand, where does it need any work? Anything like that? It's in great shape. Has the kitchen, bathroom been updated in the last 20, 30 years? Mm, the kitchen maybe 20 years ago, but no, it's it's in great shape, though. Yeah, no, that I mean, it sounds like it's in great shape. Sounds like it's really nice. Uh, the market currently, though, if that kitchen is less than 10 years old, that that's going to be a problem. Uh, look, gave you all cash, close when you want it. What's the least you'd consider? I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I also am the personal representative and I have to have court approval. So I can't sell it. I can't just get, I'm not just going to give it away. No, no. I, Hey, I understand. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Nobody's given us a property yet. You could be the first one if you wanted, right? No. We'll take it for free. If uh, you want to give it to us, tell you what you give it to us. We'll pay the closing costs. How about that? <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. No, no, I understand that. And, and that makes sense. But again, we are investors. Um, what do you, I know you don't want to lose money. What do you guys have in the house? What do you have to get out of the house? I'm not talking about what you want, what you're hoping to get. What do you absolutely have to get out of the house to not lose money? Uh, well, we have a mortgage. We have about 100000 in mortgage. Okay. So you need to get more than 100000 right? Well, I, I would hope so. It's worth two. I understand it's worth two, but you do have an older kitchen, and we are talking about saving you uh, commission with a real estate agent. And plus, time on market. Have you looked and see how many days on market currently it takes to sell a house in your neighborhood? No, but I'm I'm in Canton. This is a great area, great schools. I don't think I'll have that big of a problem selling it. Well, no. I mean, why don't you just go listen with an agent? I know. I got your postcard. I thought I'd give you a call and see what you know what you could offer me. So, what was your offer? What can your offer be? Uh, well, so you owe a hundred thousand, right? 
let me see here. Yeah, no, it looks like a hundred thousand. It's three bedroom, old kitchen. When you're looking at the roof, does the roof look great, good, fair, or poor? It's good. It's good. Do you know when the last time it was replaced? Probably, well, I would say 1992. Wow. So over 30 years, we're coming it towards. It great. It, it looks like it's brand new, though. If you drive by, you can see it. Maybe it wasn't 92. Maybe it was 98, but it looks really, really good. All right, but over even at 98, that's over half the life of the roof, right? Mm-hmm. So it only has half the life left. What about the windows? Are they the newer, updated, double-pane vinyl windows, or are they the older, single-pane wood windows? Um, they're not wood. I don't know how old they are, but they're not wood. They're vinyl. They're vinyl. Are they double-pane or single-pane? I don't know. Mm, you don't know? I don't know. What is? So I think they're double-pane, right? Because I don't know. Do they even make single-pane vinyl windows? Well, you mentioned that your mother hadn't updated the house, so but that's okay if you don't if you don't know that. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've been out of state for quite a long time, and and I'm just the older brother, and I guess the most responsible one. <clears throat> so I'm just you know. I, I'm just trying to see what I can do here so that I have get, get this get this house sold. It's been in our family for a while, and none of my brothers or sisters can take it on. So I'm just I, I got your card, and I thought I'd give you a call and see if you could you know if you could maybe make me an offer, and I could sell this quickly. Oh, I would love to make you an offer. I'm I'm not entirely sure what it's worth. Um, I know you owe a hundred thousand on it. The the furnace. Do you know when the last time the furnace and the hot water tank was replaced? She did do a furnace because she had central air put in. So, and I don't know how long ago it was, but there is a newer furnace uh, and central air. Newer. I mean, what does that mean? Less than three years, less than 10 years. Less than 10 years. Less than 10 years. So furnace life, at least 10 years of the furnace life is gone too. What what about the plumbing and the electrical? Uh, is it copper, PEX, galvanized, PVC? Uh, what does the plumbing look like in the house? I'm not sure. It's an older house built in the 50s, so I'm probably copper. Copper? Okay, that wouldn't be If it was galvanized, that could be a problem. What about electrical? Are they screwing fuses, or is there a breaker box? No, there's a breaker box. Okay, so there is a breaker box. When you're looking at the kitchen, does it have granite countertops? No. Okay, what about paint and carpeting? Um, it's got hardwood floors, and they're in really good shape. My My mother was elderly, and she took really good care of the house always had rugs down and everything. And we, uh, it doesn't really need paint. I mean, she was very clean. The house is very clean. Maybe it's pretty neutral color wise. I mean, if, I guess if you wanted some brighter colors, you could paint it, but it's move in ready right now. You could move somebody in right away. Okay. Yeah. But there's a difference between moving somebody in and renting it and putting on the market. I'm looking at everything else in the market and the kitchens are new. The bathrooms are new. I see granite sills granite countertops granite everywhere hardwood floors new roofs new furnaces new hot water tank look wouldn't you just like to be done if i could pay you all cash close when you want what's the least the absolute least you're willing to consider oh my gosh i don't know i just i really do want to just be done with this house but i gotta i've got to make sure that my family's taken care of and the mortgage gets paid and all the taxes get paid there's i don't know a couple thousand dollars in taxes that are owed for the last year okay and i i mean i don't know maybe 175 one i don't know maybe 170 i don't think i could go any less than 165 is that really the best you can do Needs a roof, probably needs furnace probably definitely needs kitchen definitely needs bathroom might need windows worth 220 170 we can close in less than 30 days we're averaging three weeks 
We handle all the paperwork. We handle everything with the title company. We take care of everything from start to finish. Is that really the best you can do? I I might be able to do 150, but you'd have to be able to pay all the costs and close really fast. I don't know. We might be able to. Are you willing to consider an offer less than $150,000? Uh, I don't, I don't know if I can take any less than that. Like I said, I want to make sure my family gets a little bit of money and that we get all the mortgage paid and everything like that. No, I understand. You're being the responsible one too. And you're far away from out of state. I really appreciate you taking the time with me to talk on the phone. What's the earliest I can get out there to take a look at it? Cause right now we're just talking about, it sounds like we're close, but I need to verify everything and give you a real fair all cash offer. And to do that, I need to set an appointment. When's the earliest I can come out and take a look at the house? Well, it's vacant since mom passed away, so pretty much any time. The neighbor has the key, so I can get you and let me know when you want to go over there, and I'll let, him let you in. Yeah. Boy, man, you man, you rigged me over the coals. That was good. <laughs> I asked for it, though, didn't I? You did. <laughs> but you went you know everywhere. What? Is that like 15 minutes ago? Fuck yourself on the price? <laughs> on, on nice houses, honestly, that's the kind of stuff you get a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I don't recommend you take well, that long on the phone, but it's, it's good practice. The good thing, the reason that I would stay with a call like that is I heard two things, and I said them purposely. It's a probate. Yes. It's vacant, and I'm out of state. And there's equity. I only there's 100000 plus some taxes. Yeah. There's a deal to be made. So I gave you the room. It's up to you as the salesperson to make it a deal, right? It's a deal if you can convince me to sell it to you, right? So yeah. – um, that's one of the reasons I, I kind of went that went that route. A, the, this is a real lead that we have in our system, guys. And I don't know anything about it other than there's two bathrooms. It's built in 1956, and it's 1,800 square feet. And Zillow says it's worth 207. So there you and, go. and that there's a mortgage because it says payments are current. That could be a mistake, though. That could just be, you know, he entered the lead in and left that spot there. It was default. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you really will get. And this is a big range because I've got um, – the low of 135 and the high of 224. Yeah. So from the low e-appraisal to the high Zillow, that's a huge range. But that tells me that is a perfect market for a deal because this is an older house. Um, this is going to be competing with houses that are probably 30 years, 40 years newer. Um, and so it probably really isn't worth 200. It's probably worth 175 like retail. But if we could get it for 125, 130 and add 15, 20 grand to it, someone's going to make a good, a good yeah. day on it. So, or if you went through and gutted that, maybe it needs to be fully updated, right? And just did maybe everything. it needs everything. And yeah. Then it would sell for 200. Like right. Jesse or mm-hmm. Josh, where they changed the entire layout of the house. Right. They just, we're going to take this old house and we're going to modernize yeah. it. And we're going to change the layout. And, we're going to keep the that. four walls and that's about it. Well, I threw in the, I learned a lot being aggressive from you, being that aggressive. Are you willing to consider less than $150,000? Because a yeah. lot of times sellers will underestimate the amount of Costs rehab. And yeah. Yep. They'll look at the sold comps. They'll look at the sales yep. and they don't know how much granite costs. Well, and even if they do, if they say it costs $30,000 to fix that house, well, 200000 minus 30 is one seventy. Why can't you pay me one seventy? Yeah. Well, because then I'm not making any money yeah. and I'm spending all taking all that risk and all that time for no pay. Do you work for no money? Although that doesn't work generally too well. Dude, I tried that. <laughs> you, you get a lot of go fuck yourself. It does that. work. I don't though, recommend that one. But I did give that a shot. <laughs> I remember I tried this one lady in Garden City. She's giving me all her. sorts of grief. 
And I just, it's like 14 minutes of doing the rounds. And I find, do you have a boss? She's yeah. like, yeah. Do you always get to decide what you do? Or do you have to do what the boss tells you? And she hung up on me when I said that, like just being confronted with the reality yeah. of the situation. But that's good because we ended up not doing anything with her. And she was a time waster. Exactly. And, you know. Actually, I think I went over there to lock her up and she wouldn't budge. There was like a thousand dollar difference or $500 difference. And she wouldn't, wouldn't budge. Yeah. But it was one of those marginal deals where I don't think I could have sold it if I, if I budged on my price, I would have probably not sold, not sold that and make any money. Well, yeah, you can't as a wholesaler. <clears throat> well, would... one of the things that you said too, when you asked that, would you consider an offer of less than 150,000? If my answer was no, calls that's, over. That's probably the I end. Mean, yeah. Unless you're still going to take that chance and go look at it based on the other motivating factors on the, which on this chance, one might've right. Probate hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. owe some back taxes. I love when I hear that there's yeah. fucked up kids in the mix. Yeah. That's why I threw that in yeah. there. Like that's, the sister that you can't find. And yeah, because honestly, anybody that's done probate has run into that, right? Yeah. There's either and you're the responsible heirs, You're begging for a way out. Exactly. Begging. In fact, I had a deal in, in down river where Josh, Josh was going to buy this house from me, but we couldn't get the, personal rep who was the son to move out of the house all the other brothers and sisters were on board and he was the one dragging his feet he just happened to be the personal rep because he was the one that still lived with mom and or had come home to live with mom whatever it was they were all local though um really weird but yeah that's one that you would either not book the appointment or it would be booked on the off chance that maybe i can get up to 150 or have enough evidence to bring him down off of his 150 in the way of the rehab costs. Right. So we've done that. We've sent comps to sellers. We've sent pictures and video of the repairs of what do that a lot. Yeah. They cry sometimes. It's, it's hugely valuable, but then they understand. Then they see the reality of the situation that this house is not the condition. They thought What's better than the evidence. Nothing. But, being honest with people, being aggressive and being honest is um, a lot of people think, well, you're being bad or I don't want to be confrontational. And if you, it's hard to, to make un- friends or money. Yeah. It's hard to understand if you haven't been in that situation. I have, I've been in a situation where both ways where I absolutely had to sell and I didn't have a choice court ordered, like yeah. this shit's happening. Doesn't matter. I got lenders. They're tired. It doesn't even really matter what I fucking think. And I've been tired and wanting to tap out and just got fucked over by a property so much. I was willing to be done no matter what. The problem with being in that situation, and I can tell this from personal experience, is sometimes you have a hard time making decisions. You got I got into a habit for a long time of not making decisions. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to be pushed around uh you have to you have to be asked questions where you have to make a decision because when people get in a habit of deferring decisions so don't think of it as being pushy you're, you're trying to get somebody to make a decision you're not trying to manipulate them you're not trying to trick them into accepting a lower price you presented all the evidence you were honest and upfront about it you say what you do and now you're just trying to get them to make a decision that's make all a you're decision. doing and you're not trying to make a deal you're trying to make them make a decision yes because deals don't get made they just they happen yeah i mean you make them but you can't force them that's what i mean they so have to decide they have to decide and this is i know you like this line some will some won't so what someone's waiting yep 
So go out there and, you know, just because I said no, like I said, we're at 4%. Actually, we're under 4% conversion rate. That's less than 1 in 25 is it 3.91? Yeah, it was like three like for the whole year. It ended up at like 3.8. Ah, so we lost a point. Yeah, so we need to get that over four. But that I swear to God, those fucking website leads. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. But hey, they're getting better actually. With they the are new website. They're improving. But by the way, just a off non non sponsor commercial investor carrot. It's the best website for sure. I've ever I've ever had. Dude, it has turned my conversion like tripled the volume. I was I'm the number one. My website is the number one result for, I think it's We Buy Houses Detroit or Sell My House Detroit, something along those lines, Detroit. And I was getting leads from that. But since the switch to Investor Carrot, my conversion rate has been incredible. I was getting tons of traffic before, but now I'm converting those into actual leads. If I'm on 96 and I'm on folders off shitload of cars, what good is it if I don't know who any of them are? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I can't buy any of those houses, what do I care if there's a million people hitting my website? If none of them are leaving information, it's useless to me. Traffic is useless without conversion. Exactly. So I started converting them now, and it's been, I mean, I, I'm i looking at the numbers, and we get a lot of phone calls from our postcards. I'm probably every Monday and Tuesday when our postcards seem to drop, we get five to six new website leads. Whereas last, I don't know, 60, 90 days ago before investor carried, it was maybe one or two. And then everybody yeah. else either called or they didn't leave a message. They, they go to the website and go, might be one or two. This month. website looks like shit. And then Instead they, of five or six a week. And then they back click out of it. Yeah. yeah. So, well, anyway, investor carrot has been phenomenal for a conversion for that. The website leads, um, our website leads are getting a little bit better, but I think a little bit of it is we got better too with some of the ways we screen them. Um, we kind of know website leads are generally yeah. really motivated. Time of the year too. The time of the year. Wayne County tax auction is a problem now. So between now and February, we're probably going to get a lot more website leads yeah. that are a lot of really motivated people and we will get deals out of it because they're they're in a situation where they may owe eight or 9,000 in taxes coming up on March, but they paid, you know, the house may be worth 20. If they can walk away with anything at all, they're happy because in in 90 days, they're going to lose it because the county ain't going to give them shit. If it's not owner occupied, they ain't getting shit. Yeah. If it's, if they live in it, they can work something out with the county. Maybe most of the time, if they try, let's put it that way. If they actually take action and do something, you need to have money to do it though. You got to put you on a payment plan. Got to make a payment plan, but it's used generally. It's a couple hundred bucks a month. Right. And you know, if, if, if it's the house you live in, you would hope you could come up with a couple hundred bucks a month. It's cheaper to borrow money from mobsters though. Two and a half percent per month. Plus uh, admin and fees every year. It gets ridiculous. Yeah, Like that's the one that they almost didn't sign on Shaftesbury because of taxes. I, I was worried about that. Yeah. You mean the closing or yeah. the, but yeah. I, you know, they only I, walked away with like three or four grand. Yeah. yeah. And they go, Oh man, I don't know about that. And I go, well, it's not your fault. Yeah. I that's, did that that's one. Key. Like, I like that. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's cheaper. And then we got into, and they were like, Oh yeah. Wayne County just stealing your money, all that. And they signed a minute later. It's not your Good. fault. Remember that one folks. If they have, I mean, obviously it is their fault, but, a lot of people don't understand when they don't pay the taxes, the the property tax we're talking about specifically here, that every county in America has some way of 
levying that, whether it's a tax deed or a tax lien um, state. And it varies all across the country. Michigan, Wayne County is pretty aggressive. I think it's two and a half percent per month. And then there, if it rolls over year after year, there's admin and interest fee, fees. Yeah. And yeah, it ends up being about a 40%, somewhere between 30 and 40%. Say, it's like double. It's yeah. expensive. Uh, and they're surprised at closing when they see this. They, they don't necessarily realize because they, they got the last bill a year ago and it's still the original amount 6,500 yeah. in their head. And they don't realize that Wayne County got the juice up in there, right? Yep. Getting paid. And why Wayne County has the juice is they go on the market and they sell some bonds to cover the difference. And then they cut checks to the cities in Wayne County for all the taxes. Anyway, long and short. Well, let's wrap this up. Is there anything you want to talk about and share or anything new since uh, I appreciate you coming on bailing me out? Yeah, no, no problem. I, I actually, um, I like these kind of podcasts when we're just kind of, uh, I love the two guys in a room, the the round table yeah. style podcast, especially when it's two guys like Mike and I who had the, we do the same thing. We do it completely different. Yeah. I mean, generally, we're we're really different in terms of our approach and the way structurally we do things, the systems we use. Well, he's like a professional salesman. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just a guy that likes to hustle, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm good at it, but you got he, the street knowledge. Yeah, he he like exactly. It was a, a pharmaceutical salesperson, so that's that is sales, right? Yeah, he had and real sales. That's what, you know, you're cold calling doctors and all the medical stuff that we've been through as a family. Believe me, I know. Those doctors are a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd rather deal with sellers than yeah. doctors. Hell yeah. So, yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, having me on once again. It's always fun, and uh, I look forward to listening every week. Well, while I'm talking, I'll lead us out. Do you want to hook it back up? I want to lead out with 10 or 12 seconds. So, all right, folks, what do you think? I don't know. I thought this was pretty good. It was last second. I do want to thank my guests, Steve Londo and Mike Calper. Mike had to leave. Um, thank you for coming out. Really appreciate it. Steve Londo, ladies and gentlemen, Steve buys houses, fast.com 313 cash deals.com. And my favorite, he has three episodes out now. Flip this podcast.com. And actually he was talking about talking to sellers too. I listened to it this morning. It's only 32 minutes. It's not the marathon bullshit you got to get from me, so go check it out. Also, he loves voicemail, 734-272-7004. And Mr. Mike Cowper, don't send him voicemail. Send him a text, folks. I'm just kidding. You can't anyway. (laughs) Mike Cowper, Mike buys houses for cash.com. We buy ROI.com. Just start real estate.com and hit him up at 248-871. Seven four five zero. And if you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends. Share it all over the internet. It's a free podcast. The sharing and liking and all that stuff really helps. And if you have any comments or suggestions, um, reach out. Let me know. Go to renegadedetroit.com, renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash renegade Detroit investors or go to facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. If you want to follow me, hit me up on Twitter at Jeremy Burgess. And if you prefer, Hello, YouTube. You can watch these much slower, I might add. I'm still working on video editing at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit wholesalers. And um, as I wrap this podcast up, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to to take the steps you need to become financially independent. We're talking about it earlier, man. If not now, then when? 
If not now, then when? I know there's distractions, mistakes, poisonous people, bad habits, lots of things preventing you from sticking and starting your goals. Just do it, man. Don't give up. Do something every day that gets you closer to your goals, even if it's one step. And I do want to thank you for listening and for your attention. And I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. I'm going to lead out with 10 seconds. Um, Until then, crush it. (laughs) 